welcome in Justin Kenner, Kev Network. What are you, what are you doing? What's up? You got the sunglasses on. Too cool for school. By the way, last week we had uh, Hoof sitting in your chair. I saw. And I tried to pass it off as it was you. <laughs> Didn't work. How'd that go? I think it was the beard. I'm not really sure what it was. <laughs> How was your time off? You had Thursday, Friday off. You yeah, to, man. You know, yeah, get away man. from me for a bit. That's always Woo. a win. It's always a win. Big win. No, I went to Cleveland and I surprised my mom, my grandmother, and my in-laws. And uh, my mom held back the tears for a change. She was so happy to see me. Saw my dad, my stepmom as well. Hung out with them. You know, uh, basically I was outside a lot. You know, <laughs> brought the lawn chairs and just was hanging out outside all day for basically Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Went to my nephew's uh, last baseball game of the year. Big fun, man. Had a lot of fun. It was great to see family. You know, I live obviously here and they live in Cleveland and everything like that. So I haven't seen them in person since Christmas. Normally, my we go home for Mother's Day and then my mom comes visit us. Uh, like for a Labor Day or something like that. And uh, my sister-in-law and nephew would come down for the summer and my mother-in-law would come down like for a weekend in the summer. And then by the time all that goes around, it's Thanksgiving again and we see everybody. But since COVID, we haven't, Thanks, been, able to, yeah, we haven't been able to see anybody. Only way I've been able to see my mom was on FaceTime and everything like that. So I popped up on her and surprised her. It was a real good time, man. Well, good. We're glad to have you back. And uh, plenty to get into. A lot happened, not only in those two days that you were gone, but uh, the, the two days over the weekend. I mean, so much happened. By the way, for me, I golfed uh, 45 <laughs> holes of golf over the weekend. How'd you play? Uh, it doesn't matter. Why, why every time do I do? I post it on Facebook. Let's see how today goes. People are like, how'd you go? Don't don't worry about it. You just said you opened it up. You you said that's how look, today the, goes. The thing is, like, if it was good, I'd be bragging about it. So if someone like doesn't tell you how they golf, they just told you that they golf. That means they didn't golf well. But if I would have golfed well, I would have been on here and been like, hey, guess what? I shot a blah blah blah. Shot a one hundred one yesterday morning. That that you know, sad thing is, it's one of my better rounds lately. I take it that's bad. This is bad. I mean, I just learned that it was bad. <laughs> But I should figure anything that I'm doing is usually not the, you know, the level of expertise. So I just, you know, I, I know how that goes from there. Uh, but, I, again, I'm addicted to golf. It's all I think about. It's all I want to do. Uh, when I'm sitting here right now, I'm, like, looking at the clock. I'm like, okay, it's about four after three. So I'm like, okay, perfect. Where, where am I going to go golf afterward? That, that's always where my mind's going. But the problem is I can't afford to think that way. I can't afford And literally, I cannot afford to think that way. See? See right away? Steve says, ouch, 101, terrible. I agree, Steve. <laughs> That's why, you know, when on Facebook, when Kevin, everyone, would you golf? I'm just telling you where I'm golfing. I'm not telling you how I golfed. I'm just telling you where I golfed. When I get to the point where I can brag about what I golf, I will then tell you what mm. I golf. But, uh, Steve, thanks for the for the words of Ouch 101. If I taught a class, this is it. If you're watching, we're live on Facebook, by the way. Uh, you know, Ouch 101, terrible. Uh, you know, if I ever taught a class on golfing, that's what, what, the, that's what the name of the class would be. <laughs> Ouch 101, terrible. Thank you, Steve. He says, please. You say it wasn't for nine. No, 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 no. 18. So there you go. 51 on the front, nine, 50 on the back. Maybe one day. And I felt to... good about it, okay? I felt good about that. So thank you, Steve, for taking an interest in the old golf game. Maybe so one that. day I'll tell my stories about how I used to be a caddy. Maybe I'll say that for some slope time. Maybe that's my problem. I don't have a caddy. I'm I... my caddy. That's the problem. So there you go. I could swing my seven iron real well. 
can't you know I I, I can drive good I, I I can hit you know swing my seven iron real well I can't putt to save my life but it is what it is all right enough about that no one gives a rip about that uh, where do we even start okay let's see the Reds I uh, got bit by the Rona mm-hmm. uh, Justin Fields is collecting names like you wouldn't believe on this petition that he has going uh, the Indians they are self destructing internally uh, we'll but get we to that games. coming up uh, yeah winning games uh, <laughs> stop me if you've heard this one before AJ Green gets hurt. Stop me if you've heard this one before. How about that? You know, I was going to save that for later. Uh, but uh, Bengals writer James Rapine with Sports Illustrated says that A.J. Green, again, if you're watching on Facebook, you could see the tweet. Uh, A.J. Green appears to have tweaked his left hamstring and leg. He's been running back and forth on it, trying to get loose. He had a trainer come over to help him stretch. Um, some more tweets and reports have come out since then saying that, hey, you know what? Uh, he's been pulled from practices for the remainder of the afternoon. By the way, padded practices had even started. And great news. And by the way welcome stadium this is for you because aj green got hurt and it wasn't your fault this time so i don't want to hear none of that garbage from aj green or any of his you know little followers saying oh you know he's welcome stadiums give me this guy gets hurt sneezing he you gets hurt sneezing coming, you don't see that coming in all seriousness i know uh, i definitely saw it coming no, no no i'm saying like more soft tissue injuries like this year because they haven't had those you know mini camps and everything like that they're just going straight into real football camp Maybe I mean, they've been on the field for a few weeks now, working out and getting stuff in. I mean, I, I seriously, I, I wonder what, like in baseball, we're seeing a lot of arm injuries right now. Uh, I mean, right mm-hmm. now the main focus on why players are missing time. If you're not missing time because of COVID, it's really not getting getting anyone's attention right. as far as why you're not on the field. Uh, but there are a lot of arm injuries. The Reds have been very fortunate that they have not been hit by any arm injuries thus far. Um, although sometimes I wonder what the excuse is for that bullpen. However, they have had 14 straight shutout innings, so i got to make sure I touch on the positive. We'll get to the Reds in a moment. But in football, I keep trying to figure out what is going to be that common injury. Are we going to see um, a lot of injuries? And the only thing different about this preseason, Kev, is just no preseason games. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was no camps. I, I don't know how much not having that time during the summer is going to lead to more injuries. I mean, working out is working out. So why is it when you start doing workouts earlier in the summer, you're not getting hurt, but now because you're working out, now you're getting hurt. And a lot of these players have been working out on their own. I think maybe it's like the intensity of the workouts. Um, you know, nobody knows their body better than the athlete. Mm-hmm. They know where they can ramp it up. Like, oh, I'm not there yet to be running full speed yet, so let me take it 80%. You know, some people don't know 80% of their body. They just go the whole time. So uh, next time Keith Byers stops by. Matter of fact, there's a lot of former pro athletes that live here in the Dayton area, man. You can give us a call. Let us know, like, how does it work? How does your body work with that? Do you need to ramp up to this big season, or do you need to take it slow the whole time so you don't get these soft tissue injuries? All right, and uh, you know, mentioned Kev right there, four five seven nine four six four. But I don't know what to expect as far as injuries are concerned in the NFL this year. Uh, I mean, there's going to be injuries. Don't get me wrong, but at what you know, what's going to be the level of injuries? Um, I mean, a lot of intensity. You know, you want that intensity in practice, but a lot of that is going to be, you know. It's gonna it's gonna be very minimal. Uh, they're gonna do as minimal team activity as possible, but doing just enough to make sure that they're prepared for games. So it's going to be interesting as far as that's concerned. But again, one more time, AJ Green, AJ Green <laughs> misses practice, and again they're trying to, to preface it with, oh, it's just precautionary. Precautionary is don't let him on the field because he's gonna get hurt. Then I don't want to hear that uh, he tweaked his hamstring. So, I mean, that means he's out to at least 2023 now, right? I mean, if a stub toe at Welcome Stadium a year ago keeps him out for an entire year, what is a tweaked hamstring? 
going to be, Bengals fans. I'm curious your excuses for that, because I'm sure a lot of people out there are already making up excuses. Um, we'll go back to Steve says, I'm almost twice your age, and I'll give you a, I'll, I'll give you five aside. Loser buys lunch and drinks at the end of the round. LOL, no putt-putt. Well, that's, the, that's what I call my game. No putt-putt. <laughs> I can't putt at all. How about that? Uh, but no, reaction again, Bengals fans. I mean, they haven't even had a padded practice. I believe that's tomorrow. Some teams have started padded practices already. Uh, no, the Bengals have not. Uh, but we'll get into more of that coming up around the corner. As far as Browns, the Browns have been hit by the injury bug as well. Um, you know, Treader has a uh, procedure done last week. How long will he be out? We'll discuss all of that coming up. Plus, a couple other injuries have impacted the Cincinnati Bengals. They've been hit a lot. So is it a, is it a situation of... You know, is a situation of their their training staff. I mean, what's going on there, or is it just typical bad Bengals luck as far as that goes uh, for the fans and the organization as a whole? But four five seven nine four six four. That's the number that you can call in and jump in on the conversation. Um, plus, uh, you can always text the show using the ESPN Dayton fan hotline. At been two a while. one, it's, it's been, been a while. ESPN Dayton fan hotline. <laughs> 9676. Text the show 2109676. I'm going to talk about your Columbus Blue Jackets coming up. They're in action. Uh, the NBA playoffs were, you know, Woo-hoo! that's what, triple header today, Kev? Quadruple. Den- Denver and Utah going head to head right now. Uh, the Lakers, they'll be in business later tonight. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. at 9 o'clock. So they, they play. got, uh, yeah, your guy. Damn dollar. Damn time. Yep, he's good. <laughs> he's good. Enjoy him while you can. First round exit coming for Portland, I tell you. And, you know, the rejuvenated 15 points a game, Carmelo Anthony. How about that? Shouts out to my guy. Big shots. Aye, aye, aye. All right, let's open up with this. Uh, we'll open up with some Reds baseball. So Cincinnati over the weekend, they went undefeated over the weekend. They did not lose a game over the weekend. The Cincinnati Reds, unfortunately, after getting a huge win on Friday, as they're walking off the field and celebrating, it was very strange. One of the uh, you know bench coaches runs out onto the field and basically shields off Nick Senzel. Shields off Nick Senzel. So Nick, everyone else is running off the field. Nick Senzel um, is, is being led off separately from the team. The team is celebrating. They're happy. But Nick Senzel is being pulled away from the team. You could see that he's frustrated. Uh, you know, he, he's cursing. He's, he's upset, as he should be. We have no official report of who the Reds player is that tested positive for the Rona over the weekend. We just do know that multiple reports have come out, that multiple tests have been done. And this is where I'm confused. John Heyman on Twitter says that, you know, all tests came back negative over Saturday and Sunday. Now, I don't know if that means all tests came back negative other than the one positive, or was this another case of false positive mm-hmm. um, as far as that goes? The Reds, today is a normally scheduled off day, uh, and they have a series, a little mini two-game series on the road that starts tomorrow at Kansas City. Still no reports that I'm aware of of the Reds taking off to fly to Kansas City uh, to play the Royals. Um, who knows if they'll even be in action this week. I do know that the league is going to try very hard to get the Reds back out on the field as soon as possible. You have the St. Louis Cardinals, who have missed 15 of the first 20 games. Games. They finally got back out on the field over the weekend. But the last thing you want is a team that, and keep in mind, the Reds are 9 and 11, 20 games into the season. The Cardinals were 3 and 2. That was their record heading into their sixth game of the season on Saturday. The Reds have played 15 more games than the Cardinals before the Cardinals got back out on the field. That's a problem. So the Reds and the Cardinals have a series that starts later this week. If you are Major League Baseball, you've got to do everything you can to make sure that that series gets started, gets underway, because you cannot have the Cardinals missing more time. They were already to come up with the plan. They were already able to come up with the plan to help the Cardinals with a lot of doubleheaders make up the 15 games that they missed. 
now that the Cardinals are healthy and back on the field, this is what leaves them vulnerable to, okay, well, the rest of the league, if teams have to miss games due to that. It's going to be interesting how that works, but I don't know when we can expect to see the Reds back on the field. I'm hoping it could be as early as tomorrow. This isn't an outbreak situation, but... Again, the Reds being very cautious. They have been bitten by this almost bug now for quite some time. I mean, Joey Votto self-reported a while back. Mike Moustakis, Nick Senzel missed some time. I think Matt Davidson had a false positive is how this all started um, for the Reds, too. So it's been a lot of false positives or a lot of concern for the Reds, but they haven't missed any time as far missed any games. Their first games missed to COVID happened over the weekend. Yeah, um, I just got caught up like on everything sports related as I was driving back <laughs> yesterday. So like the inundation of what was going on with the Indians, everything has been going on with the Reds and them going to be missing some games upcoming this week. It's it's crazy, you know, and it's kind of thing you said. If you're going to play a sport in a pandemic, be expected to test positive, be expected to miss games and everything like that. Um, I saw everything they're talking about with the Cardinals as well, like they basically come to the realization that they're not going to get their 60 games in duh but you know it, it's it's a it's weird this is going to be a weird season and basically a season we're all just going to have to get through as far as the reds are concerned you know we're just going to play the waiting game and that's the waiting game is going to be on any team that has a person or an entire outbreak i mean obviously an outbreak is worse but we don't even know how many guys have tested positive? If they even tested just positive. Just one. We know one. Okay, so it's just one. One. And that's the thing. That, that, was, that was the confusion. Um, John Heyman over the weekend had tweeted on multiple occasions saying, hey, all test results came back negative for Saturday's test and Sunday's test. Well, the confusion, the confusing part of that is he's reporting that on the back end, but not clarifying if, if all tests came back negative Saturday, Sunday, does that mean the positive test from Friday for whoever that player is? Does that mean that was a false positive then? Because how can all test results come back negative okay, okay. if we're even in this situation to begin with because of a positive? Is it another false positive? Maybe they're keeping that quiet too because the league is concerned about all of these false positives as far as that's concerned. My biggest complaint is, is what was the point of the 60-player pool if, if you can't go grab somebody? Grab somebody. Now, common sense tells you, okay... He tests positive, but he was around X, Y, and Z all weekend. So they have to do the trace testing. You know, they have to go back and trace it all. But that should have been the understanding from the beginning. The understanding, the way that they depicted everything to us was that you're going to have that 60-player pool so that if you have players or chunks of players that miss time due to COVID, you can replace them with those. Mm -hmm. A lot of teams have used that as a minor league system where they, I mean, they have guys like Hunter Green and Lodolo and others who there's no real plan to use them in 2020. So why are they even on that roster? Well, it's so that they have time to to work with them. Well, just because you didn't treat that what it was supposed to be as a backup to be able to bring players up if you have players miss time for COVID, you know, that's on you. If I'm the league, I'm saying, hey, we we got to keep moving. You're you're positive, fine, you're out. But I also see the concern of, well, just because these guys haven't tested positive yet, they could as a result of being right. around the positive. It's a sticky situation, and we knew all this would be. Yeah, it's definitely a sticky situation. I just, you know, maybe like they should come up with a game plan after someone tests positive where all right if you test positive the whole team is shut down for five days yep and then all right we do the testing because that's the whole thing like the incubation period is four days so maybe you should be shut down for maybe seven days and every single day you t you take a test and after seven days and you test it positive x amount of times then all right game back on like but like that's those are the type of things that you know, you have to be adjust 
to on the fly like all right that didn't work before how about this adjustment let's see how we make this adjustment and if we can continue to keep the games going that way you know it's uh you have to be flexible you have to look at it in a situation where we got to get these games in because you look at what's going on with the cardinals you don't want multiple teams being in that in that realm where they're like all right man they've only played 40 games like you don't want multiple teams doing that all right, I'm Justin Kinner. He's Kev Nash. It is the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM, 457-9464. That's the number you can call to join in on the conversation, or you can, of course, uh, reach out to the show on the ESPN Dayton Fan Hotline at 210-9676, so keep that in mind as well. We are live on Facebook. Search for the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook. Give the show a like. I'm going to tell you how you could win a $25 Skyline gift card coming up here in just a moment, so make sure you head to the Facebook page, like the Facebook page, and uh, jump in on the conversation. I'll tell you how you could win that when we come back, and uh, we'll dive more into the Cincinnati Bengals injury situation. A.J. Green misses practice today, taking off after tweaking a hamstring. Should you Bengals fans be concerned? We'll discuss more in depth next. I'm thinking of you. What kinder words could be more meaningful at a time like this? At First Florist and Greenhouses, we know everyone is coping the best they can. And when hugs are not possible, a kind word or gesture can bring comfort and a smile. So today, make that phone call or send a heartfelt note to someone you care about. And if you'd like to send a fresh bouquet of flowers, we can help with that. We're First Florist and Greenhouses at 1306 Troy Street in Dayton, a local family-owned business since 1905. And we're thinking of you. It's Total Wine and More is pleased to announce points with a purpose. Our way of saying thanks by investing in the communities we serve. Now through September 13th, collect five times points on thousands of wines and spirits. For every point earned, a matching donation will be made to local charities. Up to $2 million in total. A point for you is a point for your community. That's points with a purpose. Come shop with us today or visit TotalWine.com. See website for details. Right now, savings count more than ever. So what if you could unlock extra savings on any project? With an extra 5% off all eligible purchases using the Lowe's Advantage card, you can. From an extra 6 bucks off sanding that deck to saving another 75 on that new fridge. Everybody, welcome back. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash with you here live on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. So much going on. Hashtag we want to play petition being put out there. The players uh, led behind Justin Fields, who has done a fantastic job of being a leader, in my opinion. Like, uh, I, I'm not going to agree with, with a lot of what they're not fighting for. That sounds weird, but... We'll get into it in a minute, but I think what he's doing as a leader is fantastic. Like, we sit here and say, oh, like, you know, players need to step up. This is how you step up because they're putting the pressure um, on the Big Ten itself. And, Kev, you and I, last time we were in the studio together, we talked about, you know, should Gene Smith have done more? I still think the reason you're having to see guys like Ryan Day and Justin Fields speak out as loud as they are is because I, I feel like the AD should be doing a little bit more. But, I mean, maybe not if the ADs truly believe it was in the best interest of the conference to not have football coming up this fall. I truly um, think that. That's what Gene Smith thinks. I think he was always the guy out there saying, if we have a season, if we have a season. I truly think that he's on the other side. I think he's the guy like, yo, I don't think we should play. And, like, that's probably why he isn't out there on the forefront leading the march saying we need to play, we want to play, back our players, everything like that. He was at the forefront of if we play, if we can – 
provide a safe avenue for our student athletes and the student body. He was the guy saying if it's not safe for fans, how come it's safe for the athletes to be on the field? He was a part of that. So, you know, there is a, definitely a line in the sand where either you're on the side of playing or you're on the side of let's just wait this thing out. And it's obvious where Justin Fields stands. It's obvious where Coach Day stands. So it's, it's a lot to get into. All right, if you're out and about uh, and listening to the show, we really appreciate it. Keep in mind, we are live on Facebook. Search for The Justin Kinner Show on Facebook as well as search uh, for the ESPN Dayton Facebook page. Use the search ESPN 1410 Wing AM and uh, head there and watch. Again, we have a $25 Skyline gift card right here that we are giving away. And we give those away to, of course, those who are the most loyal and listening to the show and hanging out with us on Facebook. So head to Facebook, like the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook, and you are automatically enrolled into winning this $25 gift card by commenting in the comment section and interacting with the topics at hand. So you don't have to call in. You don't have to pull over to call in. Of course, if you don't have to pull in to, to message either. But you know, you know my, my point, a lot of people don't like always calling in, but right. you're listening at work and you can't call in. Jump in on the conversation in the comment section on Facebook where we are live again automatically. You will be entered into winning the $25 Skyline gift card, and we will tell you how you can win that more coming up later on in just a bit. But jump in on the conversation on the Facebook page uh, and hang out with us and watch us live. But we will go to the phones. 457-9464, reaction to the Reds over the weekend, having to miss two games due to COVID. The Justin Fields petition, we're going to get into more here in just a second. Let's go to, you said Mark and Tip, correct? Yes. Mark and Tip, how are you, sir? Are you calling to say how much more you agree with me? I, I can really get used to that. <laughs> I am uh, indeed calling to tell you I agree with you. There we I go. It's a great Monday. Yeah, I need to take a pill or something and get over this with you because I love to disagree with you, but <laughs> I can't. I hear, okay, hats off to Justin Fields, those guys. God bless them. 80% of them want to play, you know, because of NFL prospects. The other 20, they want to win national championship. But I, I'm going to take a big swing at A.J. Green here. So brace yourself. Nice. I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned at all about A.J. Green. I haven't counted on A.J. Green for the past four years. They have got themselves Auden Tate, uh, Boyd, and Higgins. They got Erickson underneath. I didn't count on him for nothing. I'm more concerned with the fact the Bengals put a franchise tag on him. And, and A.J., don't get me wrong, is a great guy, I'm yep. sure, team guy. The skill set is not there anymore. They could have moved on from him last year and maybe got just one lineman for him. Would have helped, but not concerned about it because I know he's not going to contribute this year. They're they're deep at receiver. Yeah, and you know, they, I mean, that's why they went. And they got T. Higgins too, as you talked about. Absolutely, I mean, that, that's going to be key. That's who I ultimately thought, big picture, was AJ Green's replacement. Anyway, I don't have a problem with them doing the franchise tag with AJ because I think it was worth seeing if you can get one more solid year out of him, and maybe he has a great year, and it's worth maybe looking at an extension. But right now, it makes zero sense. Uh, and who knows? Again, it's one practice. He tweaked his hamstring. He could be right back out there tomorrow. And but again, we're always going to be wondering, and there's going to be that magnifying glass over him at all times. Anytime he winces or even and looks hurt, guys like me are going to be coming out saying, see, told you, told you. Locked and loaded. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's, you know, it's interesting, though. But last year, I still never got over last year blaming Welcome Stadium for his injury uh, when that's nonsense. Football's played there in high school, college every day. And, no, you know, we've never heard something like that crazy. So I don't want to hear that. Well, it's like, it's like Tyler Eifert. You know, he's a great tight end, but he never plays. So I'd rather have C.J. Uzama, who plays a lot of games and, and is very serviceable as a tight end. Same with AJ. Whatever he gives you, it's just not enough right now. Maybe three or four games a year and some dazzling catches. I'd rather have a guy like Boyd who's proven 
uh, you know, to be a gamer, and he, you know, he's a big game guy, and so is uh, Tate, you know, and Higgins, you know, he was no slouch at Clemson, so, uh, you know, let's time to move on, and let's get some new blood, and let's go for it, you know. No, let's, abs- beat, let's beat the team up north, you know, around the mistake on the lake team, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Had to get that little dig on you, buddy. Have a good day. All right. Take care. Yeah, I'm going to be. Is it, well, Brown's always on your mind. <laughs> always on your mind. It's fine. I'm just telling you, I, I still think, I mean, padded practices are starting. Uh, if you see the percentage, it's like less, it's way less than 1% as far as positive testing. I mean, it, it's like a super low number. I know these are great reporting, you know, great reporting here on my part. I, I saw the article before and literally lost my mind. I can't remember the number, but it was like a super low number. I think there's 14 total active cases in, in, in the NFL right now. I mean, we're talking over a thousand players, and there's 14 active cases, or at least just being treated, or just you know whatever. So I think that's interesting uh, as far as that's concerned. Uh, reaction again, if you're just tuning in, uh, James Rapine, uh, who comes on the show from time to time, covers the Bengals for Sports Illustrated, says that AJ Green appears to have tweaked his left hamstring, has been running back and forth on it, trying to get loose. He had a trainer come over to help him stretch. Since that tweet had come out, AJ Green uh, has left practice and has been kept off the field for precautionary reasons. But my thing is, is precautionary reasons you could soup that up all you want but that's just hey we're we're afraid he's going to get hurt precautionary reasons are we are afraid he is going to get hurt and i'm wondering how far you could stretch precautionary uh ron on facebook says justin you're always talking about aj green but answer this question name a player from whom the browns drafted that played in a playoff game ron that's fine if you want to run your own trivia night at a local sports bar (laughs) you go right on ahead and you take that question with you but i would love to know what that has to do with anything me commenting on what happened at a bengals practice today has nothing to do with the cleveland browns and bringing up the fact that the browns have not been in the playoffs and bringing up the fact that the browns don't have a receiver that's played in the playoffs in the last 20 years or 15 years that's all fine and dandy if that helps you sleep at night but keep in mind the Browns not being in the playoffs does not take away from the fact that A.J. Green has not played in two-plus seasons and looks like he may not play in three if he keeps up at this pace. So, Ron, I appreciate the commentary, but I'm just curious, what does that have to do with anything? I, I sit here and acknowledge the Browns' deficiencies and the, and the joke that the Browns have been, and I acknowledge that they underachieved last year. I, I'm not sure at this point what the Browns' struggles have to do with A.J. Green being hurt today. And again, he's not out for a season. He missed one practice. Like I said earlier, he could be back out on the field, Kev, and kicking ass tomorrow, and I'm pulling for him because at the end of the day, I want the best Bengals team against the best Browns team because that's going to lead to that fun matchup when that time comes. And I'm pulling for both teams. And the more weapons Joe Burrow has, the better for him, and I'm pulling for Joe Burrow. I may not be a Bengals guy, but I'm a Joe Burrow guy as far as that's concerned. Got a little bit of breaking news. The SEC has released their schedule for the 2020 season. Week one matchups, Bama at Missouri, Georgia at Arkansas, Kentucky at Auburn, Florida at Ole Miss, Mississippi State at LSU, Tennessee at South Carolina, and Vanderbilt at Texas A&M. Yeah, I I saw someone, and I lost it, of course, when my computer reset during that. Oh, yeah, so like you said, Alabama at Missouri, Florida. So who's the CBS game of the week, you know? Who's the game of the week then? Uh, it will have to be Kentucky at Auburn. No, you probably go to the defending champs, right? Who's LSU? Mississippi, Mississippi State, State at LSU. No, I, got, I think the most compelling game, the probably most entertaining game, would be uh, Tennessee South Carolina. Probably most entertaining game, but I think the CBS game is going to be at the defending champs, right? 
Yeah, Kentucky at Auburn, as far, I think that'll be the closer of the games, or more entertaining game. But you're right, as far as the brands, I mean, Alabama at Missouri. How about Alabama opening up on the road? On the road! No, seriously, I can't tell you the last time. I mean, Alabama's opened up in, like, neutral site games, don't get me wrong. Opening like, up a, a true road game. Georgia Dome. Yeah, um, in Jerry's World, or, you know, wherever those, you know, neutral site games are usually carried for them. Um, Alabama at Missouri. Eh, again, if you're just tuning in, uh, the SEC schedule was officially released, so expect them to cancel the season two days later if they're anything like the Big Ten. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Bama Bryan, if you're listening, I'm just joking. McKinney, the SEC commissioner, if you're listening, I'm just joking. But if the SEC is anything like the Big Ten, their schedule comes out today and look for them to pull the plug on the season a couple days from now. I mean, holy smokes, how about that? I mean, the Big Ten, Kevin Warren left the Big Ten at the altar, basically proposed, got to the wedding day, left him stranded. Did, I mean, did, left him there just wondering what's next, what's going on. Well, I'm on the SEC's official Instagram page. They definitely use the hashtag it just means more on their IG page and didn't know that. I'm telling you right now, folks, you, you're not going to like this because so many people are fired up and angry right now, but like I don't know how you can argue with them at this point. Now, they need to actually get to the games first because the SEC could talk a lot of smack right now, but keep in mind, I still think inevitably it's going to lead to them doing what the Big Ten did. I still think that uh, we don't have college football this fall in any capacity. So while the SEC is trying to be cocky and the ACC and Big 12 and all that, that's all fine and dandy. But keep in mind, I don't think that there will be football, but if there is, be cocky all you want. If there is an SEC football season come this fall, they can pull the, it just means more all they want, because apparently it does. Mm-hmm. It means more to their commissioner. It means more to their athletic directors. And I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything to Ohio State and the Big Ten, but clearly, as a whole, a conglomerate whole, the Big Ten does not care about it as much as the SEC. So I, I have to agree with the SEC. It clearly does just mean more, unfortunately, one way or another. Really no risk at all. Uh, I mean, I guess. I, I mean, I have no idea. Um, do do do. Molly Brockman on Facebook says, "I need at least one Auburn game in my life this season." See, no Big Ten football, no Buckeyes, and this is becoming the Paul Feinbob show. We got all these SEC <laughs> fans now. Bam O'Brien, uh, the Commissioner McKinney, you know, and now we have Molly Brockman, who's a big Auburn fan apparently. Uh, so interesting there. How about that? I mean, you know, it, it's wide open. Let's talk about this. Why is the American Conference still trying to play? I've been I've put a lot of thought into this. I give them credit for not fall like because right now you know the 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 MAC folds, mm-hmm. right? The Big Ten folds, the Pac-12 folds. I think it's only a matter of time before others do. But the commissioner of the American Conference comes out and says absolutely not. They have the most respect for their medical professionals that have you know steered them in the right direction. Oh. Dude, it's mid. We're past the mid-August point. Mm-hmm. September is coming up, and I mean October will be here around the court. Like we are two months away from basketball. Maybe, maybe. 
And so, uh, interesting uh, announcement from the NCAA about a time frame for when they will decide on basketball. We'll get to that coming up in 10 minutes. Um, we'll also get into our conversation with Terry Lukemeyer. He is the producer and director of the How We Look in documentary for Marty Brenneman, which premieres later tonight at the Starlight Drive-In Theater. We'll talk about that as well. It's an excellent documentary piece that I cannot wait uh, to watch the full thing in regards to, I mean, I thought that the MJ doc was so well done and that there would never be a doc that I would be as interested in, but this Marty one I am as interested in. I don't you know, I don't know if it'll be better because that's a that's a that bar was pretty high that the MJ doc sent, but I think it's gonna be pretty close when you when you think about the, the local uh, appeal to the Marty Brenneman documentary and we'll talk about that more coming up here in hour number two. So the American conference, Kev. Um the American conference as of right now is still in it. They're in it to win it. They're in it to play. Yeah, and uh, you know the Big Ten has opted out, uh, obviously, and the Big Ten's opted out. The Pac-12 has opted out, and it's one of those things where you we keep talking as if, oh man, all right. So the 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 SEC, the ACC, and the Pac-12. Uh, I'm sorry, and the Big 12. That's all that matters at this point. But then there's that conference, the American Conference, that's quietly sitting there, continuing to do their thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I'm like, well, you know what? I mean, Luke Fickle in Cincinnati, they're continue- I saw some stuff from over the weekend. They're preparing, they're practicing, obviously. Um, that's been an interesting conference. It's been a very disrespected conference. When you look at the fact that you have um, UCF, who was undefeated for two straight years while beating SEC teams in mm. bowl games and going undefeated, but their strength of schedule is really ultimately what kept them from overtaking a fourth spot in that college football playoff, which, by the way, I still think is the right thing. Um, I think both can be true. I think both can be an American conference team is good enough to be one of the top four teams in the country at the same time of saying, but their schedule does not warrant putting them in. I think both could be true. I believe UCF was you know, just as good or at least was it going to be able to compete with one of those top four teams in the country in the playoff two years ago. But I also believe that their schedule, it was it would have been disrespectful to the teams who play the bigger schools every weekend to put them in. Because unless you can convince, I mean, Ohio State wouldn't get a loss during Cincinnati's schedule or Alabama or anyone else. It's not disrespect. I just think that's kind of common sense. Now, I shouldn't say never. I mean, could they lose? Yes. I mean, anyone can lose on any given weekend, but the probability of that very slim. But with no Big Ten and no Pac-12, that's, I mean, you got to think from a top 25 perspective, Kev, how many teams were just now ripped out of that? You asked a good question. Are they going to redo, has the uh, AP put out a new top 25, or no, was it the coaches? What what poll came out recently? The AP poll came out. So they're going to have to put out a new one, right? Yeah, they have to. I I mean, right now, Ohio State, number two in the country. Well, as of right now, they don't exist in the world of college football. It's not a slam. It's not a joke. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm being kind of serious. Be nice. No, I mean, Ohio State, no offense to them, but right now, the Big Ten is non-existent in the 2020 college football season. They're trying their little hearts out. We'll see if it's good enough, but as of right now, not. Clemson, number one. Alabama would move up to number two. Georgia, three. LSU, four. How about that? Three of the top four teams of the (laughs) SEC. Oh, man. Penn State would move up, uh, you know, to to six. Oklahoma, five. No, no, Penn State is got Oh, Penn State's out. I'm sorry. Oklahoma would move up to five. There's Florida. Holy smokes. Five of the top seven. Yeah. SEC schools. Oregon. Oregon out. Notre Dame's still in. Good. Good for them. Good business move, by the way, for all those that said they should have, you know, gotten in bed with the Big Ten. I think that they knew what they were doing, apparently. Uh, Wisconsin out at number 12. Um, You know, Michigan out at number 15. USC out at 17. Minnesota out at 18. Utah out at 20. Um, You know, Iowa out at 23. But there's Cincinnati in the AP poll at number 22. 
There's UCF at number 21. Did I miss Memphis, Kevin? I don't think Kevin Memphis is Memphis is not in there. Okay, but if I'm looking at UCF and right Cincinnati. <laughs> but they are now. <laughs> uh, Luke, yeah, Luke Fickle has done some fantastic things with Cincinnati in his short time there. This is supposed to, with the special things he has done, this is supposed to be their best team. Mm-hmm. So all I'm saying is, is that when I look at the American Conference, I keep hearing people say, well, th- that, that conference has no business continuing to try to play during this in 457-9464, by the way. Uh, I'm curious people's thoughts on this. We'll, we'll open up the hotline to you and take your calls on that. But when I look at this, I'm like, well, what is the motivation for the American Conference to kick off come this fall? Outside of just hashtag we want to play. Common Sense says, of course you want to play. But common sense has been thrown out the window because I do believe the Big Ten would love to play. I know the Pac-12 would love to play, but clearly there are a lot of circumstances that have presented themselves that are making that difficult for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 to move forward in playing. So the same roadblocks that get in the way of Ohio State and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and USC and others, those same roadblocks exist uh, in the world for the American Conference in Cincinnati and UCF. So my thinking is this, is that the American Conference has come together. They said they've spoke with multiple health officials that they believe um, have told them that, hey, they're in good shape to play. It's safe to play as long as you're continuing to orchestrate you know, throughout the season with these protocols in place. Great. So why is it that the Big Ten shuts down in the conference like the American doesn't? The American Conference smells blood in the water. Mm-hmm. They have seen, they know, the American Conference knows that in any other, if when things are normal, no pandemic, just a regular season, they can have one of the best teams in the country and it is not good enough to get them in the college football playoff. UCF was proof of that. UCF, no matter how good Cincinnati is this year, UCF was, it, they'll never be better than what that UCF team was. As good as Cincinnati is capable of being. But the, the American Conference knows, Kev, that there's no way in hell that they can get into that college football playoff. Um, when things are normal. Things are not normal right now. You just eliminated, I mean, we just went down 11 top 25 teams have to be taken out between the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. That's a lot of opportunity to move up if you're the American Conference. And if you're undefeated at the end of the year, if you're Cincinnati or you are um, all of a sudden UCF, all of a sudden, as we joked about it, opportunity has now presented itself. Does you know Is Cincinnati better this year because those other schools aren't playing? Cincinnati was going to be this good one way or another, mm-hmm. but opportunity has presented itself. And I believe the American Conference is sticking it out because they believe this is their best shot to get a team in the college football playoff. And not only that, Kev, imagine this. Imagine Clemson's number one and Cincinnati number four. And imagine, by the way, if Luke Fickle and Cincinnati are the first college Ohio team to knock <laughs> off Clemson. How funny would that be? Um, but you know what I mean? Like the irony there. Like the, it would be so interesting. If Buckeye fans would jump all over the Bearcats. You would be big. I would be a big Bearcat fan. As much as I, you know, in the big scheme of things, when we were talking about like Luke Fickle and where he could end up next, I just don't believe that, you know, the, I think that he only gets pushed up as much because he's a former Buckeye coach, but that's a conversation for later. I really like Fickle and the Bearcats. I think the Bearcats could do some damage if they get in the playoff. That would be interesting. Even the UCF Knights. How likely do you see a scenario, Kev, where the American Conference can get a representative in the playoff if they're undefeated? Well, they got three teams that have a chance to run the table. Obviously, UC, UCF, and Memphis. Those are the three bell cows of their conference, the potentially run the table and maybe sneak into the college football playoff. I'm with you. But I think this is more of a long play. I think this is the long play for the, hey, man, we played during the pandemic. Our teams played well during the pandemic. This is the same thing that TCU, Baylor, and uh, Utah, that's the move that they did when they jumped into the big team, big, uh, big conferences, where, where TCU 
got their way into the Big 12. Utah played their way into the Pac-12. Like, this is all their team's opportunity to jump up there with the big, do- big dogs. So they're just trying to play this into the power six. They want to be down. They want to be inside the power six. This is the way they can do it. If they have a team that runs the table and gets in there and have multiple teams, maybe they can have, maybe they have one team that's undefeated and the other team only one loss. Maybe this is the avenue that they can potentially use to say, hey, NCAA, we want to be a part of the the Power Six. Make us the sixth member of the Power Six so we can have a seat at the table. I think it's a long play. But I, when I hear people say that, I, I just don't see there being a Power Six. It's, it's Power Five. And sometimes the ACC and Pac-12 make it difficult to even believe that there's a Power Five. <laughs> because you take Clemson out of the ACC, and I'm questioning... Power Five, you you know the Pac-12 outside of the you know historic programs they have in that division, uh, in that conference. I'm like, Power Five, you know. So outside of resources, the results have not been there on the field, um, and it's the opposite in the American. Kev, so to your point, the results for the American have been there more so than you can for the Pac-12 as of late. And outside of you know Clemson and the ACC, more than the ACC at that point. Before we close out this first hour, let's go back to the phones. We got Charlie on hold. Charlie, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on, guys? Not too much. Hey, you, have hey. a, you have a good weekend. I, it was all right, man. It was all right. I got some work done on the house. That sounds uh, horrible. <laughs> Not what you did, but the way you made it sound. It sounds horrible. Well, we've been living in a hotel for like a month. I'm kind of getting over it. It looks like there's no end in sight. So. Oh, man. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, and the tone is warranted, so continue. <laughs> hey, if you know any good plumbers, man, let me, let, let me oh, know. Oh, one, one of those issues, huh? Mm. Well, no, it's everything, but that's the one thing I, I haven't been able to do is get a sign of plumbers, man. No you more, too. Uh, no more Mexican food for you, my friend. Not, not that. It's, I'm just joking, buddy. I know, I know. Uh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> hey, well, what's up? You know what? I'm with Kev because uh, I was telling him before I got on. He was talking about doing a power six. One of the frustrating things with football, college football, for me is it's kind of like MLB. It's like this, this, you know, it's like the designated hitter, no designated hitter. It's like all this. It's like it annoys me that the Bearcats are left out while Louisville and West Virginia are in, potentially in, you know, because they play in a Power 5 conference. Um, And I just don't understand. It's like if you're D1, if you're a true D1 school like the Bearcats, then you, like them in Central Florida, they should always have a chance to play. Like Boise State, they should always have a shot. And if you're not, if you're not ever going, like if you go to Miami University, you know 100%. You're, You're not going to play. play for a national title ever. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just why don't we just redo it? D one, D two, D five. There should be no double A, none of that crap. Just hey, I go to Miami every year. I play like North Dakota State. They're going to play for a national title every single year, and those kids know that. It, would it be more appealing to go to North Dakota State than Miami? Because you know you're playing for a title and you're getting recognized. You know, so why can't they just set it up? It just, it's its so annoying. I, I, I agree. Like, I understand what you're saying. But, like, here's the deal. Like, I, I think that the College Football Playoff Committee knew how good UCF was that year. But they could not warrant putting in an undefeated UCF team, as talented as they are, over a one-loss whoever that has that loss because they're playing tougher competition every week. I think that's put where in, the... Put them in the ACC. I mean, I'm sure that, but dude, you got to understand, half these schools, Temple would accept a Big Ten or an ACC invitation. Cincinnati would do it in a heartbeat, but 
that's not the reality. The reality is where they're at. I agree with you. If Cincinnati or UCF is a Big Ten team doing what they've been doing it the last couple of years, they'd easily be in the hunt for a college football playoff, barring the fact that they have to beat Ohio State. But you see my point. They, their chances w- would increase dramatically playing in a Power 5 conference. That's why that Power 6, I just don't buy it. Well, I just I don't understand why Louisville and West Virginia have a shot every year and Cincinnati doesn't. That it drives me insane. I have to watch Rutgers. I don't watch most of the <laughs> Ohio State games because they're just blowouts. I, that we've talked about, and I blowouts. agree with you. I I, I watch the first I quarter. Watch I watch the first quarter, and it's very. I'll just kind of flip back and forth the rest of the game. I'm I'm watching other games, closer games. But you're right, and that's not a shot at Ohio State. But you are damn well right. Every week, it's even the the higher the bigger brand names like Penn State, Michigan State, Wisconsin. It's tough. But Charlie, I'm sorry that's uh, that's our cue that we have to hit the break. So I appreciate right. I appreciate you calling, man. All right, see you guys. Have a good one. You too, right. man. And uh, I hope he gets his house stuff taken care of in all seriousness i can't imagine that like, I'm, i have to be at my i don't like sleeping anywhere but my bed like that would be frustrating Trust me, for a person that just spent the weekend in a hotel bed i was so happy to be in my own bed last night yeah charlie thinking about you hope that stuff gets taken care of for you soon all right we'll continue with this in a bit i understand what people are saying about cincinnati and others but again the conference it does matter one way or another by the way i jinxed the browns Goodyear knows why we all love basketball. It's the sound of the buzzer, the roar of the crowd, the swish of the net. It's the spin on the ball as it's released, the squeaking sneakers before an inbound pass, the timeout that gives us perspective on the moment. We love basketball because we love movement. And now that it's back, we're asking you, the fans, what moves you? Goodyear, more driven. Work at home. Work out at home. Second period math at home. Date night at home. Lately, we're doing a lot more at home, which means we're doing a lot less driving. With pay-per-mile car insurance from Allstate, you get the same reliable coverage you'd expect, but only pay for the miles you drive. Drive less, save more with Allstate. Visit Allstate.com or call an agent for a quote. Price also includes a daily rate, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and its affiliates. Excuse me, I know you have a nine o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me, get granular, keep me in the pipeline. But nada, nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Live here on ESPN Dayton. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. I'm Justin Kenner. He's Kev Nash. It's the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash. Right here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. I put out some negative mojo to start the show. Um, A.J. Green hurt during Bengals practice. James Rapine uh, covers the Cincinnati Bengals for Sports Illustrated. Tweeted this out earlier this afternoon that A.J. Green appeared to have tweaked his left hamstring. Well... He's been running back and forth on it, trying to get loose. He had a trainer come over to help him stretch. Well, 
from that point on, of course, um, he has left practice. He's being held out for precautionary reasons, whatever. Um, but keep in mind, I, of course, had to enjoy that because <laughs> every Bengals fan that argued with me for basically this entire offseason that A.J. Green is great and so he's been hurt a little – being hurt a little is missing a couple games a season, not missing a couple years of career. <laughs> like, let's be honest here. All right, he's missed 23 of the last 24 games. All right, this isn't a, oh, he misses some games from time to time. He misses from years from time to time. And sure, this might be nothing. It might be a little. It might just be a little hamstring pull. But for the normal man, that's maybe one or two days out. For A.J. Green, expect a retirement announcement to come up by this week. <laughs> If Welcome Stadium kept them out for a year, imagine what a hamstring is going to do. Um, how about this other injury news around the NFL? Dallas Cowboys defensive tackle Gerald McCoy ruptured his right quadricep tendon during the first padded practice. Yikes. Oh, yeah, of training camp on Monday and will undergo season-ending surgery. That's, that's, that's unfortunate. That really is. I, I'm not for injuries. By the way, the A.J. Green thing, I'm hoping he's fine. I'm not. Like, we're having fun with that, but that's just because of the little back and forth between me and Bengals fans half the time. But I will say this. I, I, I put out some negative energy because yes, the Cleveland did. Browns had a player leave as well. The Cleveland Browns, according to Matt Miller, NFL draft scout on Twitter, says that multiple Browns beat riders have reported that Nick Chubb has left the field with trainers just now. Uh-oh. That's fine. You got cream hunts. <laughs> oh, boy. Next. No, Nick Chubb. stay out of trouble. What? If he can stay out of trouble. When's the last time he's been in trouble? I don't know. You tell me. Been over a year and a half. Okay. He's been fine. He served his time. <laughs> I'm not condoning his actions off the field. There you I was, go. There I you was go. Not a fan. Up. No, I was not a fan of the Browns signing him to begin with. But he's there. That's my whole thing about all this. If players who have reputable outside the field habits. Yeah. That's not a habit, by the way. That's ridiculous. I, I'm, I apologize for even going that route. It was completely wrong. So the bottom line is certain players have those reputations of mistakes that they've made in the past. And his reputation, obviously, you know, was, you know, a little iffy as far as attitude and stuff throughout college. But the video of him kicking a woman when she was down, he has no business even getting back in the NFL. But he's back in the NFL talking about Kareem Hunt. Mm -hmm. And that's always been my, my thing. My The difficulty in trying to navigate through these conversations is, is well, if a player is eligible to return turn to the league and play, someone's going to sign him and and win with his talents, why why not you know, why wouldn't it be you? You know, that that's my thought process on Antonio Brown. You know, if if he's eligible to play, sure enough he's gonna have to serve an eight game suspension. Uh, but I'm just curious people's thoughts on that as far as like, well, if Antonio Brown, sure he has his demons and he has his off the field issues, but if he's going to play in the NFL and he is the best player at his position, top three if you really want to debate it why not let it be for your team? If you right. feel you are confident to be able to manage him, more power to you. So that's where I fall that. That was a little side thing. I don't even know where the hell we were going with this. Bottom line is Nick Chubb being out. I don't know. I haven't had time to go and look into this. A lot of this stuff has happened while we're on the air. I, I mean, look, A.J. Green, who knows? He'll be back out on the field tomorrow. Nick Chubb could be back out on the field tomorrow. Uh, but we, you know, we're starting to hear a lot of injuries around the NFL already. Some teams have started padded practices. Other teams have not. Um, how about this, a reversal injury? Reverse. Tua Tagovailoa, everyone's so worried about Tua Tagovailoa and his injury history. But he's fine. Miami Dolphins rookie quarterback Tua Tagovailoa looks healthy in team's first padded practice. And he is really 
impressed a lot of people out there. Well, of course, he's the number one, you know, not the number one overall, top draft pick, of course. Probably would have been the number one overall pick if uh, he didn't get hurt and if, you know, Joe Burrow doesn't go on to have a historically great season. Our injury is going to be a concern already. Injuries are normal in football. You know, it's quite the contact sport. But how much of a concern is that for you? Uh, real quick on the Nick Chubb thing. It's uh, Nick so Chubb uh, leaves practice after being tackled by his neck. That'll do it. Yeah. Who so. tackled him? <laughs> Hands off the merchandise, they don't say. Convenient. Protected. Got his neck Miles twisted. Garrett? You swing a helmet at him? What happened? <laughs> uh, tackled high by Mac Wilson on the sideline. Why, and, and that self-inflicted stuff, man, that, that's what drives me nuts. That, that's what drives me nuts. By the way, I don't know. On Facebook, by the way, if you're watching us live on Facebook, when you comment in the comment section underneath, uh, we'll interact with you that way. Mike says the Stu Gotts is strong in Justin today. <laughs> Mike, explain. I, I, I don't know if I should say thank you or say I know you are, but what am I? I? I can't tell what I'm supposed to do as far as that reaction goes. I'm about to turn the NBA playoffs off. You are so just – oh, man, Denver just <laughs> – is it Michael Porter Jr., by the way? Is no, he just, it was uh, Nokic that just hit that one. Dude, he's he's the real deal. Joker? Yeah, for sure. Like, there's a lot of teams the Lakers have to be worried about in the West. And, and by the way, Portland isn't one of them, but we'll talk about that later. Don't hate. Dame, dame time. No, dame time. Are you kidding? Dame Tebow time. had his time in the sun, too. How'd that work <laughs> What? Remember, everyone was all about Tebow time. Tebow time. Let, let's Not see. in the professional well, ranks. Everyone's... And people at the Lakers, oh, who's going to guard Dame? Okay, the Lakers. Do they... Who's going to guard James Harden? Who there's who's going to guard Donovan Mitchell? Do you know how many great guards there are in the NBA? Do you think I give a rip about him? Dame is him? better than Donovan Mitchell. Dame is better than That's fine. Harden. Five on five. Who who else you got? Oh, don't forget the 15 points per game from Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony. CJ. Give me a break. Ohio's own CJ McCullough. Give me a break. But we'll continue to keep you updated as far as some of those injury news and notes. Uh, Monday Night Football, ESPN announces their new Monday Night Football crew. It's official. It is official. Now, I will say this. Monday Night Football, the Steelers and the Giants, week one, that will be called by Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet. How about Mm. that? I love Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet calling games together. And, uh, well, they're going to have plenty of time. What else are they going to be doing? They're going to be looking for some uh, potential Monday night football and uh, some NFL games to call, most likely. And here's why. This is why I'm about to read a tweet to you guys, folks. This is why I need you all to understand. We're going to talk a little Justin Fields now. We did a little bit earlier, but I want to get back into this. Justin Fields put out this long letter to the Big Ten and put out this we want to play, um, you, you know, having people, you know, a petition, trying to go out and gather as many signatures as possible. Which, by the way, by as many as possible. Last I heard, what, 240,000? 240,000. Good for him. I'm, I'm really impressed with the job that Justin Fields has done. I just don't know how logical it is. I don't know how realistic it is. If you want to attack the Big Ten for how they've handled behind-the-scenes things as far as the, the navigation through the decision-making, I'm all for it. The decision itself may not have been the wrong decision, Buckeye fans, whether, you, right. want to, you, know, whether you agree or not. Here is why... You need to relax, Buckeye fans, because I'm tired of hearing, well, how come they get to play and we don't? Well, Kevin, I'm about to tell you right now why they are not going to play either. They're not going to get to play either. So, North Carolina, Brett McMurphy, everybody's favorite reporter. (laughs) He's a big fan of Urban Meyer, as you guys know. He tweets out that North Carolina, this is why you Buckeye fans need to relax. It's not a question of, oh, how come they get to play and we don't? They're not playing either. Just relax. Listen to this. And I'm not happy about this, but I'm telling you, this right here, this is what we were talking about. And, I, and by the way, 
Remember about a month ago, I said, why don't we wait? And this goes for high school, too. We're, we're going to find out tomorrow night from Governor DeWine, you know, if there's going to be if he's going to approve uh, moving forward with high school football. But until classes start, until you get bodies on campuses, it all means nothing. Yep. Until you see how the virus attacks your school with bodies, with warm bodies on campus, all this means nothing. So here's why I'm telling you right now, the Big Ten pulling the plug. The only thing the Big Ten did that's different than the other conferences is that they were the first to do it. Yep. That's the only thing Kevin Warren did. Kevin Warren pulled the plug on the season before everybody else. And what I mean by before everybody else, I mean before everybody else. Listen to this. Brett McMurphy tweets that North Carolina has announced that it is shifting to remote classes beginning Wednesday. After COVID-19 infection clusters during first week of classes. You were already seeing it. And if I'm not mistaken, right now, like Ohio State, just, Ohio State, UD, and some others, I've already had students report to campus. Yep. And, they're, you know, you're doing it slowly. I think, I mean, freshmen, a lot of freshmen have moved on. Uh, what did I see over the weekend? Uh, Jay Williams tweeted it out. I think it was at North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, North really? Carolina found that. Yeah. Tweeted, uh, go to Jay Williams' Twitter page. He tweeted it out. Which, by the way, you can hear Jay Williams every uh, weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. for Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and, and Zubin. Uh, so make sure you tune in. I listened to that today. They did a great job. They had Bill Belichick on. I'm all over the place. It's an ADD Monday, <laughs> by the way. Um, but no, they, so it was a Snapchat. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was all freshmen, by the way. Freshmen, you go to campus, you don't know anybody. You would have thought everybody knew everybody. That's how close bumping and grinding. They were having a good time. I missed college so much. I, miss, <laughs> I saw that video. I'm like, I miss college. I miss college so much. But when you see the videos that are coming out from around the country of campuses who already have players reporting, that's what you're going to get. Yep. Students don't care. In fact, I saw here at UD, someone was tweeting out on the, there's like a COVID-19 information page on, on Facebook that I keep track of just because it's a lot of people posting the happenings around Dayton. Mm -hmm. Well, there's some woman that lives by UD's campus, and there's a picture of a big party going on at one of the houses by UD and saying, see, not even, you know, a couple days into this, and there's already students gathering and everything like that. So I'm like, it's, it's happening at UD. It's happening at, you know, Ohio State. It's happening everywhere. And by the way, I'm not judging. I'm not ripping you one way or another. Right. But it's these examples right here as to why. There's not going to be college football this fall. It's just plain and simple. It, and it, this is why when Justin Fields puts out this petition about, hey, you know what? We want to play. We understand the risks involved. And you know what? It's probably more dangerous if we go home than it is to be on campus. But here's the problem. If you go home and get sick, you can't sue Kevin Warren's ass for getting sick at home. I'm not even saying you could sue him for getting sick on campus. But again, Kevin Warren's having to trust all of his universities that they're going to be following right. protocol. Which CYA. And, and, and that's where it comes down to. But that tweet from Brett McMurphy, and I'm sure there's a plenty of other examples out there. It's happening here in this city, at UD and others, in Ohio State. There's these big parties already going on with, camp, with uh, students who are moving onto campus who have nothing to lose. I mean, half the kids that go to UD anyway, their mommy and daddies are paying for their education. So if they say, all right, you have to go home, it's like, oh, well, at least I'm not out any money. My mom and dad's out <laughs> money, not me. Like, there, there's nothing that they're – they're not going to take this serious on campus. They're college kids. I mean, who you know, think about when college. we're in college. I made horrible decisions in college. You think, thinking back to 19-year-old Kenner trying to – all right, Justin, there's a pandemic going on. You need to make sure you stay six feet away from everyone and wear a mask. Like, I ain't going to be no loser. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. It's a party tonight. It's an icebreaker yeah. tonight. I'm going. That's oh, exactly can't wait what to, doing. Can't wait to show off my new mask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, again, not condoning it. It's just the reality of it, and we're already seeing it. Folks, relax. I, it's unfortunate what's yeah. going on with the Big Ten and others, but there's not going to be SEC football. It's cute. They put out their schedule today. It's adorable. It's really cute. It's not happening. Not happening at all. And the thing about 
Fields and his letter and his petition, everything like that. I'm with him 100%. I, I appreciate everything that he's doing, you know, being a leader, being out there, saying he wants to play not only for himself, but the fifth year seniors and the guys that were injured last year that came back and worked so hard. There's so many guys like that across the country, not just at Ohio State's program. So all those guys deserve to play. And not only guys from the Power Five conferences, but the smaller conferences as well, like the Max. There's tons of great stories of guys that are working their butts off that deserve to play. Everybody deserves to play. But it's just not the time. And the only thing wrong with Kevin Warren did is not being transparent. He's not being transparent enough to satisfy anybody, you know, not even to satisfy me because you're not going to satisfy everybody. Um but his lack of transparency is kind of alarming. You know, everything that they did with the Pac-12, they had conference calls not only with ADs but with the coaches and captains from the football team to explain the findings that they the doctors did and explain to them why there won't be a football season. Now, the reason why Kevin Warren hasn't done that, we don't know. And should he? He 100% should be doing that to explain to people. You shouldn't go on Big Ten Network and be so vague as if you're trying to hide secrets. That's bad. That's bad leadership right there. But him canceling the season, yes, I agree with. But he needs to be transparent not only with each player that's on the team, but each parent that of a player that's on the team and ADs and the presidents and the coaches. Just let them know. There's no harm in saying, hey, man, we're not playing because, hey, A, B, C, and D. That's why we're not playing. They're not going to like it, but at least – you can have people, some people are going to get off your back because, like, well, he broke it down. He explained it. He's being transparent. He's not being transparent enough with everybody, and that's leading to further make people upset. There's no transparency, and that's the problem with Kevin Warren's decision with the Big Ten canceling the football season. Yeah, the, the, but, and again, this petition, although I respect oh, yeah, Justin Fields, sure. what he's doing, I respect it a ton. I just don't think it's going to work. No. It's not going to be enough. No. And, that, and that's when I want to open up the phone lines. Four five seven nine four six four. The petition that the last I checked had over 230, 240,000 signatures. Are all uh, those people mask wearers? I mean, they, they want their football. Now, keep in mind, I'm curious, 457-9464, will the petition work? I respect the job that Justin Fields is doing right now, showing great leadership. I gotta, I'll give him that. But will it be enough? Will this 240,000 signatures, you know, put uh, signed? It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Back to the famous WING studios. Here's Justin Kinner and Kev Nash. this fall if there is a college football season. I still think that uh, everyone that's wasting time losing sleep about there being no Buckeye football this fall, I think you're wasting your time because, not because I think that the season's going to you know, come back, it's because I don't think that, you're not going to have to watch the SEC, the ACC and others. By the way, we spent a lot of time talking about the American Conference a little bit ago. How about this, Kevin? Uh, this came out about an hour ago. Brett McMurphy, again, I'm not a big Brett McMurphy fan, but it, it, his stuff popped up. It, it's right here. Tulsa Actually, I don't dislike Brett McMurphy either. I don't have an opinion one way or another. Just throwing that out there. But Brett McMurphy says that Tulsa has paused football practice until further notice after eight players, eight, tested positive. Um, a total of 16 players are now in quarantine. Now, I don't know what's all going on here. I do know this. I want to be fair to this. I don't know if Tulsa allowed the players to leave and come back. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma, there was a lot of unfair reporting for Oklahoma over the weekend. Oklahoma had, I think, nine players test positive over the weekend. Now... What people forgot to mention in a lot of the reports were the fact that 
Lincoln Riley had allowed the players to return home one final time before coming back for good. Because basically, no, you, no one's going home. No, you're once you're back on campus, you're back on campus for good. Mm-hmm. So a lot of players left the university. You know, they left Oklahoma over the weekend or last week before coming back. So you had people leave, and ultimately, common sense tells you when you leave, you are a little protected space, your bubble, and then you'll go. You're going to be out around people and come back, you're probably going to have cases. I don't know if that's what's going on with Tulsa here. We do know that's what's going on with Oklahoma. So I'm not going to overreact to the Oklahoma thing the way I did over the weekend. I thought, oh, here we go. But that makes sense. If they were cleared to go home and return home, who knows what they did while they were there and they come back, what have you. So I don't know about Tulsa, but that's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on as far as that goes. Something that I want everybody to understand is just because these college student athletes catch COVID-19 doesn't necessarily mean they're doing something wrong. doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to these parties and everything like that. They could catch it while they're on their way to class, in class. Bible study. <laughs> going to get chicken wings at a local establishment. <laughs> Volunteering. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's multiple ways to catch it. It isn't just at parties and everything like that. So, I just want everybody to understand that as well. Like, you know, I know a lot of responsibility is being harped on the players, as it should be harped on a lot of the players. You know what I'm saying? They have to do the right things as well to be out there to play. So they have to do the right things to get on the field. But it isn't always just because they went to a party. And that's see, They're ruining the season because they can't just stay at home. They can't just stay at the training facility and go play ball. It's not as simple as that. All right, so four five seven nine four six four. Head to Facebook as well. Search for the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook, yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm curious people's thoughts on is the petition from Justin Fields enough? Will that put enough pressure on the Big Ten and Kevin Warren to get the season back? Uh, I don't believe it is. I believe it's a good effort. I believe that it's uh, coming from the right place, and I believe that there are a lot of parents who are, of course, voicing their concerns and they're you know creating these almost parent groups, parent organizations, a lot of backlash and a lot of fire going back towards Kevin Warren. I do want to say this, though. We are, Kevin Warren has handled this miserably. I will agree to that. Yep. All, the, all the reporting of the lack of communication between him and the lack of transparency between him and the, and the, and the coaches and ADs and the players, um, he is wrong for that. Mm-hmm. I do not believe his decision to pull the plug in the season is wrong. And with that being said... I think you, for everyone who is bashing him right now and saying how much of a bum he is for pulling the plug on the season, keep in, mind, keep in mind that a month from now when everyone has pulled the plug on the season, is that energy going to be the same? Right. Because if the SEC pulls the, you know, if they pull the plug on their season, is their commissioner a bum? You know, is Swanky and the others, are they all bums if they pull the plug on the upcoming season? I don't believe they are. And I, Kevin Warren, as much as he has botched this, I do not believe he's a bum. He's a very intelligent man. He likes to let you know how intelligent he is when you watch him on TV, and he has every single one of his accomplishments hung up on the wall behind him, which I have no problem with. If I had him, they'd be behind me. I have none. So there, there you go. Uh, but in all seriousness, um, I just think that, you know, we're, we're acting again. Every commissioner is going to get ripped. Everyone. Every commissioner will get ripped when they pull the plug on the season. The problem is the Big Ten did it first. Everyone kept saying, we don't want to be first. You don't want to be first in any decision. You didn't want to be the first one to announce you were definitely playing, and you didn't want to be the first one to announce that you're definitely not playing. And that's unfortunately where the Buckeyes and the Big Ten find themselves. As we close this part of the show out, do you believe it's enough? Will will this petition, 240,000-plus signatures, will the parents who are coming together, Ohio State parents mm. uh, sent out a letter over the weekend, Iowa their parents put out letters over the weekend. Um, there was a lot of things that happened over the weekend 
that are really making the Big Ten look bad. Yeah. It's really increasing the pressure on Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, and his and his uh, and his staff. Is it enough? Will they fold under the pressure? Do you believe that they cave and say, "Oh no, you know what? We reevaluate it. We hear our players, we hear our parents, we hear our fans, and uh, we have decided to reevaluate and go back to the drawing board, and uh, we will have a 2020." Do you believe that this is going to be enough? I don't. But I could see, I could see the door of opportunity there at least. No. And I say that because if Kevin Warren, quote unquote, backs down right now, he'll be backing down to any and everything, any decision that he ever makes going forward that people feel like have a gripe with. They'll be able to have their petition and they'll tweet it out and it'll get signed, and he'll have to deal with it further and further. Um, being a boss. And being in charge, you're always going to have to be the bad guy at some point. So he's the bad guy right now. I do believe that all these petitions and everything like that will lead him to be more transparent and have discussions with the ADs and presidents and players and the parents of the players as well. But I don't believe that this causes him to reevaluate things and say, you know what, we are going to have a season. We're going to make this happen. Basically because that... He's not going to back down because he's the leader. And also, everything that's happening, as we see at North Carolina, they're shutting it down with students already after one week. Yep, students are on campus. That's I mean, that's the thing. That's the one thing to consider all, throughout all of this. Is you could talk all you want about what are the teams doing. What, what are the What's the athletic department doing to protect its athletes? What are the players doing to adhere by the protocols and safety measures put in place? What are the athletes doing? What are the athletic directors doing? What are the coaches doing? What's Kevin Warren doing? But the bottom line is, all of that means nothing when you really got to ask yourself, well, what, what's, the, what's the general student population doing? Oh, we know what they're doing. They're enjoying college. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of diseases college kids can get, and they still partake in a lot of activities over the weekend. You know what? Uh, and if they're really cool <laughs> students, they, if seven days a week, good for them. I'm just I, saying. I'm not telling you're, anyone you're anything. Not, you're not lying, man. You know, I was talking to our buddy Drake about this. Um, the? Yes, the Drake about this. Uh, you know, this is nothing new. You know, the, the people will go to the doctor, and the doctor will tell them, hey, man, you might need to cut back on the red meat. Hey, man, you might need to start exercising. Hey, hey, Kenner, you need to start working out and eating healthier. Let me eat my chicken real exactly, quick. Exactly, 100%. That's exactly what we do as a people. We don't listen. We don't listen to the doctor, even if we know it's the right thing to do. Hey, you might want to cut back on the sweets. Boom. Next time you go to the doctor, you got diabetes because you didn't listen. We don't want to listen. People don't want to listen. We want football no matter what. And no matter because... It's not, not only is not your health being at risk, but you don't even care about your own health because you're not wearing a mask. Two, this country is tons of obesity. Like, we don't care. We just party now, worry about the problems later. And that's exactly what we're doing with college football. We're not, man, we're not even worrying about that, man. Let's play ball. We're not worried about, oh, man, what is this virus going to do to my lungs five, ten years from now, uh, my heart five, ten years from now. You know, don't care. We want to play. And fans, we want to see them play. We just don't care, no matter how much we talk about it. All right. Four five seven nine four six four. Uh Let's uh, get more outsiders' perspectives. Let's see what the callers and listeners have to say. Let's go to Steve. Steve, thanks for holding, man. What's up? Well, you, you're a big-time hacker, I can tell you that. 101, that's, that's absolutely terrible. Ah, 
you know, going back to the old, you know, speaking of disasters, not how the Big Ten's being run, but my golf game, absolutely. Uh, Steve, this is Steve from Facebook from earlier. So he said uh, earlier, uh, he asked about my golf game. For those who are just tuning in, I said I shot a 101 over the weekend. He said, ouch, 101, terrible on Facebook. I said, if I ever taught a golf class in college, it would be called ouch 101. So you nailed it, Steve. <laughs> but I don't, I don't think it's going to be enough with what uh, Field is trying to do. There's no way. But I do got a question. I mean, yep. As far as the SEC goes and, you know, the ACC, I wonder how much sway those name coaches have on them not making decisions yet because, I mean, Bitcoin has, yeah, we have Day and Harbaugh, but they're not of note like Dabo and, you know, Saban. How much influence do you think these coaches are having on them not making a decision at this point in time? Now, that's a very good point. I mean, you bring up, so, you know, the weight of the names, basically, not the weight of the individuals, but the weight of the names. Um, right. You're right. And, and, and let me be clear. Anyone who is a head coach of The Ohio State University, your name's going to have weight. But I wonder, actually, I'm glad you brought this up, Steve, because I'm starting to wonder, if Urban Meyer was the head coach of Ohio State, would he have had more of an influence on Kevin Warren's decision? That's no disrespect to Ryan Day, but let's be clear. He's been a head coach for one year. Mm. He's an infant in all of this. No disrespect to him, but that's the reality of it. He's an infant as far as that's concerned. And Harbaugh, he has a big name, but he hasn't done enough in the conference to warrant you know, wearing a cape around as far as you know, the leader of coaches. So that's a good question, Steve. That's a very good point. I, I do think that the, the big names, when you ha look at all the national championship head coaches in the SEC, I think there's more weight being pulled around as, in rank as far as coaches are concerned in the SEC than the, than the names of the coaches in the Big Ten. That's a very good point. Well, Feinbaum ripped Warren this morning. I don't know if you had a chance to hear his comments or not. He absolutely ripped him. He said the stage was he, that he was on right now was too big for him to handle. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why he was kind of caving. But, uh, yeah, I think if Urban had been there, they would not have made the decision yet. I really, I really believe that. Yeah, that, I'm, I have not even thought about that, but I'm that's glad fair. you asked that. But, yeah, and, I, and it makes you wonder. Urban Meyer... Had the champ I mean, the three national championships. One of those coming in the Big Ten, top recruiting class. Every, I mean, he has been around the block a time or two to carry some weight. You know, I, that's a very good point. I, you have to wonder if Urban Meyer was still the head coach of the Buckeyes in 2020, would that have maybe swayed or put more pressure on the conference to not fold? Because as much as I love Ryan Day and respect him, big picture, he's a he's a one year head coach, uh, a guy with one year head coaching experience. I'm sorry. So no, that's a good one. I, I like that question, Steve. Thanks. One more quick thing. What, what have you heard on the Reds? I haven't really been paying attention like today. It's crickets right now out of the Reds. I mean, I don't know if Kevin Warren's running the Reds right now. I mean, we're not hearing a thing. We're not We're not hearing a thing. The only thing that's come out on the Reds' Twitter page today is happy birthday, Kyle Farmer and Jesse Winker. Uh, so apparently, I mean, they you know, happy birthday to them. But fans don't care about that right now. We're not going to sing happy birthday to them. We want to know if the Reds players are healthy enough to play. And as of right now, I have yet to receive anything from the Reds about the status of tomorrow's game with the Royals. So it'll be interesting. All right, guys. Take care, man. Take care, Steve. Much appreciated. He got me thinking. That's, That's a good question. Very good question. Because, you know, if you think about the Big Ten, D'Antonio's gone. Mm -hmm. Kevin Franklin's not. Joe Pa. No. So if you think, you know, so D'Antonio's gone. No Joe Pa. No Urban Meyer. That coaching cluster in the Big Ten is not, it's no disrespect to them, but their name doesn't have a lot of weight. They don't have a lot of, you know, heavily weighted names in the in the coaching room. They don't have anyone of influence leading teams in the Big Ten right now. Ryan Day's on his way. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm, that's not, dis, no disrespect towards him, but even you Buckeye homers listening right now could agree that Urban Meyer sitting at the table with, obviously, with, with the commissioner, 
is going to go a lot. That conversation is going to go a lot different than Ryan Day. Yeah, I mean, you can think back to you know the Lloyd Cars, the Jim Trestles, Urban Myers, Joe Pauls. Like those names carry weight not only in the Big Ten Conference but throughout college football. So their voices and them speaking up for their players and their programs is going to hold weight when you not only talking to the commissioner of the Big Ten, but also talking to the presidents of the university. I yep. mean, we go back to the Gordon Gee thing all the time about the whole situation that went down with Jim Trestle, and his famous quote is, I'm hoping he wouldn't fire me. That speaks to the amount of weight that these college football coaches hold when you're there long long term and you win big time games for a long time. Like, you know, in the SEC, I mean, there's no further person you can look at that was going on in Alabama. He controls what's going on in that conference. He says they're playing ball, or at least going to try to play ball. They're going to try to play ball. Real quick, and Dustin, uh, he's next up on our caller list. We're going to get to him in a moment. Real quick, David on Facebook. Uh, and again, we're live on Facebook. He messages in saying, any explanation for why Warren's son can play at Mississippi State, but the Big Ten can't makes you wonder why. It doesn't make me wonder why. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Kevin Warren's son is an adult and can decide if he wants to play in a conference that has allowed them to play. Kevin Warren's son playing in the in the uh, the SEC has nothing to do with this. I, I why do people keep going to that? I don't get that either. I, and, and and I know I mean to be rude, David, but I I see that all day. That's like people's go to now. Oh, his son, he's a hypocrite. His son could play. Yeah, his son can play. We don't know what he's telling his son. He could be stressing to his son left and right. Hey, man, I don't want you to play. I don't want you to play. But to your point. He's over 18 years old, and he can do what he wants to do. Yep. So if if Kevin Warren was a vegetarian, but a video or a picture started making its rounds of of uh, Kevin Warren's son eating a steak, are we going to say, oh, so he he doesn't like to eat meat, but his son does? What a hypocrite! Like I, I don't get it. I don't get why people. Why are people obsessed with the family tree of Kevin Warren right now? That's a good one. That's a good analogy. I like that. Thank you. Good job. Dustin, I promise you, Dustin, Mike, Steve, and Eric, that's the caller lineup when we come back. And we'll continue to get your thoughts on that. People, I, I want to know, it's not hypocritical, David. It's not. It is not hypocritical. It, it, fine, David, if you think that, I, I'll let you have that. I, I'm curious other people's thoughts. Is it hypocritical? Is it hypocritical of Kevin Warren to have a son playing in the SEC after Kevin Warren pulled the plug in the Big Ten? I think they have nothing to do with one another. I think there's no correlation between the two. People's obsession with it is weird to me. I don't think that the decisions of Kevin Warren's son, who is an adult, who gets to decide. You know, people keep saying, oh, Justin Fields, they took the choice away from him. You still have the choice to play this fall. Enter the transfer portal. We'll decide. We're going to discuss this more. Is it selfish? Is it hypocritical of Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, to allow his son to play in the SEC after pulling the plug on the Big Ten season? I think no. I, there's no correlation between the two. Convince me that I'm wrong. We'll be back in a moment. Summertime is the perfect time for family fun. And for a family meal that's easy as a breeze, stop by Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken and pick up a 10-piece breast strip meal for only $19.99. With Lee's, homestyle can happen anywhere with 10 golden brown... Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Back to the famous WING Studios. Here's Justin Kinner and Kev Nash. So if you're watching live on Facebook, this is the press release that the Reds released uh, earlier this weekend. 
Reds Pirates games postponed over the weekend following a positive test for COVID-19 by a Reds player. Tonight's scheduled game as well as tomorrow afternoon's contest. Again, this is a message that came out on Saturday. Uh, all the games were postponed over the weekend. They said they will provide more updates as they become available. Well, they have not. Uh, apparently, there's no updates that are available. Uh, John Heyman on Twitter uh, when followed, you know, earlier today, he said all of, you know, Reds all tested negative yesterday, too. This is looking better for a return. Keep in mind, he's still not being clear. And, and you know, he's still not being clear at all in regards to, uh, he, he's not being clear at all in regards to the fact that, you know, well, what does he mean by all Reds players tested positive uh, as far as that's concerned? Because did all Reds players test positive except the original positive? Or did the person who tested positive ultimately in return test negative, which in essence is a false positive? Um, that's what message is not being made clear at this point, Kevin. That, that's where the confusion is starting to come into play. But we'll keep you updated as far as that goes. What do you? I mean, a false positive. I mean, that's where it's really going to be. Oh yes, that lovely false positive. You know, that's the thing about the NFL. That's why they wanted testing every single day during camp because of false positive. And uh, I was reading an article um, from I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Taylor Rooks. She was talking about when she went down to the NBA bubble. She took a COVID nineteen test. She took three COVID nineteen tests uh, before she left her home in Atlanta went to the Orlando bubble, her first test in the Orlando bubble came up positive. And then they tested that sample and retested her four more times and all the other ones came back negative. So there is likelihood for a false positive out there. So it happens. It happens. It does. We welcome you back again. Justin Kinner, Kevin Nash with you here on a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. It's been a tough uh Tough couple. I mean, it's been a tough 2020, just put it this way. Ugh. But um, it's been really tough over the last week, ever since the Big Ten announced that they had pulled the plug on the upcoming 2020 season. I have tried to distance my emotions from the fight to get the season back from parents, um, Justin Fields, and others. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. What I mean is, is I don't want to get my hopes up thinking that we could potentially get a Big Ten season back, um, knowing that it, it's very unlikely still. I know that the public, you know, the, you know, the pressure right now is through the roof on Kevin Warren uh, to, to potentially bring the season back. You have a, a petition that was started by Justin Fields, the hashtag we want to play petition that has garnered over 240,000 signatures. That's not a that's not a oh, yeah. 200 people are upset with you, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin Warren, you have pissed off 240,000 at least names on a, on a petition. That's not including the names who haven't signed. it. So there is a lot of pressure. That you have Did you sign it? Uh, no, but it's not that I. Don't want to sign it, but it. I'm not not signing it. I just haven't signed it. Okay, fair enough. I'm just saying. Fair if, I, if I if I need to sign, I could sign it live here on the radio. How hey, about that? I will go to Facebook. the link and do it. No, um, it's not like it's 240,000. And wait, Kevin Warren's like, I don't know. This isn't enough names. Justin Kinner hits enter. Up oh, 240,000 and one. Now okay, now we're good. The season is back, and then I'm the savior of, of the Big Ten football. Now, um, there's a lot of criticism going towards Kevin Warren, and I'm not going to defend him in any, way, in any way whatsoever. His lack of communication, lack of transparency uh, is embarrassing. There's no other way to put it. Um, but as far as the, uh, the the decision to pull the plug, I think he made a decision that every other athletic or that every other commissioner is going to make eventually. North Carolina had to move all of their classes to online uh, online learning only one week after being open. That's the thing. I don't know why, and I will say this about Kevin Warren. It was probably too early to pull the plug. You should have at least waited to see what your what your campus looked like after camp, after students get on campus. 
Because North Carolina, it's going to be very difficult to justify them playing football if they're having to do remote learning because of the huge outbreak on campus. Or it's going to do the opposite. It's going to get the attention of the ACC, and they say, you know what? Why don't we do all remote learning, and um, we'll create a bubble for our athletes on campus. But then you're going to get the same people that will say, well, if it's not safe for the players, uh, for the regular students, why is it safe for the players? But again, it's kind of funny how the hypocrisy in this, at the beginning, Kev, it was one of those things where... You know, that was the mindset. Well, if it's not safe for the students to be on campus, why is it safe for the players? Right. Now you have everybody saying, well, get the students off campus. We'll just have a bubble for the athletes. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound like amateurism, but you know what? That's fine. we got to do what we got to do. we got to make adjustments. Now, for me, I've been saying that from the very beginning. Get the students off campus, create the bubble for the athletes. But, as you brought up multiple times, oh, that's not a good look. Because... Now you're now it's not amateurism anymore. By the way, this whole thing is amateurism. The way it's being handled is amateur. Okay, the whole way the way it's being handled handled is amateurism. Uh, it's a joke. It's hilarious. It's a joke. I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, but the bottom line is, is we're mad at Kevin Warren for pulling the plug, and I don't believe that he was wrong technically because here in about a month everyone's going to pull the plug and we're all going to look back and laugh at all the sleep that we lost and how silly we looked for getting mad at Kevin Warren for making the same decision that every other commissioner is going to make. I respect Justin Fields and the decision he made and the job he's done with the petition. Um, he's done a fantastic job. I respect his leadership. I just don't think it's going to be enough. The other thing, last thing before we close out hour two, the, the idea that he is a hypocrite that Kevin Warren's a hypocrite for his son playing football in the SEC, and he pulling and him pulling the plug on the Big Ten. That has nothing to do with anything. I mean, no, nothing at all. You know, or, or you what know, does his son play again? Mississippi State. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Mississippi State. They're really winning the national championship. You're 100 percent right, man. I, I know you were going to do your thing, man, but I got to jump in here. You know, people that are talking that, oh man, he's 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 a spy for the SEC, trying to make sure the SEC wins another national championship. Shut up! You sound stupid. Period. Because guess what? Mr. Mistake ain't winning on that show championship. That ain't putting money live here on ESPN Dayton. Justin Kinner and Kevin Nash with you here on a Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Lots to dive into here as we close out this third and final hour here on a Monday, as I mentioned. And uh, we're going to get into some NFL talk coming up around the corner. Uh, we'll get into our conversation with Terry Luke Meyer, the producer uh, and director of How We Lookin', the Marty Burnham documentary that premieres later tonight uh, at the Starlight Drive-In Movie Theater. We'll talk about that with Terry Luke Meyer coming up here. One final push to promote that. And I'm looking forward to watching that coming up here later on tonight. Obviously, everything that's dominating the sports world and headlines right now, especially in the college football world, is the the job, the the petition that Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback, has put out. And um, and it's garnered a lot of attention, and rightfully so. And it's uh, it's a very emotional reaction that it is getting from people. 240,000 people have signed this thing. Um, the, the hashtag, we want to play petition. And, you know, they, they want, you know, the players want to play. And there's so many things going on behind the scenes that, of course, is leading to a lot of discussion. One of those being the fact that, and I don't know why this is a thing, but uh, Kevin Warren's son plays in the SEC, and somehow people are calling it hypocritical. Uh, David Shaw on Facebook. Again, we are live on Facebook. When you comment in the comment section on Facebook, we are able to pull your comments into the broadcast. So take advantage of that, and uh, we can talk that way if you don't have time to call. David Shaw says, any explanation as to why Warren's son can play at Mississippi State, but the but the Big Ten can't, makes you wonder. Well, I don't know. I don't know who was born first uh, into the Kevin Warren family, the Big Ten, or his son. I don't know who's older or what. I don't know. Uh, last time I checked, the Big Ten is not his son. It's not his kids. Th that's his job. 
The Big Ten is his job. And also his son is an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk, We talked about a young adult. But, I mean, what Kevin Warren can't go in there and physically take him off the team. Hey, the SEC's commissioner opted to play. Right. And, st- and just like they're opting to play, his son's opting to play. I don't think one has to do with the other. You want to be mad at Kevin Warren? There's a list a mile long as why you could be mad at him. But his son playing, stop it. That You're, you're grasping for straws at that point. I'm not a fan of, of that take. Andy says it's hypocrisy. Um, David says it's hypocritical. So a lot of people upset uh, as far as that is concerned. But 457-9464, uh, taking your calls now in reaction. Is it hypocritical? Um Molly Brockman, and that's she says on Facebook that it's not hypocritical at all. Kevin Warren has no say in what happens in the SEC. Oh, and like Kev said, we don't know what he's telling his son about his feelings on him playing. I think people who think this is hypocritical are just salty because they can't watch their football while the SEC fans get to enjoy ours. Dot, 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 hopefully. Molly says. Right. Hopefully. Hopefully we get some type of football. But, uh, you know, it, it's not hypocritical. You know, a lot of people out here calling it hypocritical. They want uh, a grown man, Kevin Warren, to control his young adult son who's over 18 years old. And like you tell me all the time, over 18 years old is an adult, full-fledged adult. We disagree about that, but that's semantics. But some of y'all out there can't control your own kids that are only 15 years old. Your 15-year-old kid is running your life, doing whatever they want to do. So you want this person that you don't know to control another person that you also don't know. It's not hypocritical. Dude plays in the conference that is going to be playing. And we don't even know if Kevin Warren's son is opting in or opting out. You want to know about hypocrisy? The same Big Ten fans are like, you know what? You took the choice away from the kids. Let them choose. Oh, but Kevin Warren's son, he can't choose. His dad needs to make him not play. <laughs> it's like, you can't have it both ways. All right, I know a lot of people fired up. 240,000 names have uh, have signed this petition, and uh, this next caller I know is as fired up as any of them. Tennessee, Jeff, how are you? Hey, hey, listen, sis, you're, you and I are now friends on Facebook. When you get off tonight, guess what's going to be in your inbox? A hate mail. Be, it's going to be a petition from <laughs> Justin Fields for your butt to sign, brother. So, I, I will sign it. I'm not against it. I'm just saying, like, I, I see both sides, so, but I'll sign it. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, I guess one vote isn't going to make a difference. But a couple of things I want to say. Uh, before you calm, collected two gentlemen and made your points, I was ready to scream in the phone, which I'm probably doing anyhow. Um, is it hypocritical? I mean, Breeze, maybe not. But hey, it's your opinion. Wait, I can judge you for I, your I opinion. It's your opinion. opinion. I think it's before, if I wouldn't have listened to you both, and you both make very good points, I believe it's hypocritical. Okay. Uh, I have a really good friend on the staff that's absolutely pissed off that, that Powers Warren is playing football down, at, down in Mississippi State as a fullback as a sophomore. Now, you both take great points. He's, a, he's, I don't know, what is he, 19, 20? Uh, like, you know, uh, like you said, uh, some of us, I'm not one of them, can't even control our own kids. So it, he's a grown adult. Uh, he can do what he wants. But this, another, you guys have made fabulous points. Another great point was the transparency. We haven't heard, I mean, one of our coaches told me, say, you'd be, you'd be better off hunting down Bin Laden than you would uh, Warren. <laughs> he's like, you can't find him. Here's why I call it originally. And I haven't heard your show, but I have goosebumps before I say this, and I think this is, I hope it's big, man. It has to be. Penn State Athletic Director Sandy Barber says to Heather Dennis, which is very credible, uh, if there was a vote by the Big Ten presidents, 
I know nothing about it. Now, second thing, this is both in the last, since you guys have started your show, I guess at 2 o'clock today, that the Minnesota president did not vote as well. I've also been told Gene Smith and, and Christina Johnson were not, were not in the room. My point is this. That's a lot of stuff, guys, right? I mean, I don't know who did what or who said what. If you got the AD from Penn State saying they knew nothing about voting, you got the president of Minnesota saying, well, wait, I didn't vote. Who voted? I'm not saying this guy's a guy from SEC come up to record. That's nonsense. But I'm also saying he's not said anything. I think these two things are pretty, pretty big. I don't know how big. I want him to be massive and grow legs, and I think there should be another vote, and everybody should exactly know who voted. Nothing's being said. Nothing's being said except you guys are screwed. Your hoes. There's no football. I think there's. Some, I mean, what do you guys think of these two? You can. Hey, Justin, I'll send both of them to you later when you when we hang up. And both of these are legitimate uh, comments. They, they they were said today. What was said today? Were you asked? Oh, you're talking about that. That's you're talking about. My bad. I thought you were about to. No, no, no. Sandy Barber and then the president of Minnesota. They both saying neither of them voted, and their schools did not. Vote, man. That's scary. That's scary that they came out and said that. Um, this is from Heather Jennings, and this chick isn't like I'm going into a chat room and pulling some up from Joey. This I, I'm trying Heather to find Jennings it right now. I'm looking for an article. Or, or if you do go now. to a chat room, make sure it's not the one you have to pay for every month. <laughs> hey, you know, go to get, make sure you go to Letterman Row. That's the best one right there. It is from. Uh, no, it's from Heather. You guys know Heather Jennings, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. She comes on the show from time to time. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> What? She's legit. I mean, she oh, okay. <laughs> no, she really. I, I like her a lot. But what are you looking up, Kev? Okay, I'm on Heather Dennage's, uh Twitter right now. Penn State AD Sandy Bomber says uh, made it very clear that she does not know if there was a vote by Big Ten presidents. Nobody has told me if there was or wasn't one. I don't know. That's your AD, man. That's your AD. That's yeah, that, and, and, and that goes back to the lack of communication because. If there was a vote by the presidents of the schools and the schools didn't let her know or the rest of the ADs know, that's a major problem. And that, that goes back to the lack of transparency on Kevin Warner's part. Like, just be out there, be be blunt, be up forward with it. There's no need to be hiding behind closed doors and holding secrets and going on the Big Ten Network basically not answering any questions that yeah, are posed to you. Exactly. That's, that's a horrible look. Now, I personally still believe that is the right decision to cancel the football season, but with that said, you have to be transparent because it not only you're messing with uh, the career, potential pro professional careers of these uh, student-athletes, but the guys that aren't going to be playing professional football, like this is their last chance to play, and there's a lot of money involved, Um so you need to be transparent with everybody involved. Like this is the first time this is happening, so you want to make sure you're doing everything right. How the saying goes, you're dotting your eyes, crossing your T's, whatever. You want to make sure you're doing that. So this is alarming. I'm not going to even front like it's not. It's very alarming. No, and it's a lot. And, and keep in mind with all of the, with all of that being said, Tennessee Jeff, uh, real quick, because I know you're fired up about all of this. My thing is with all of this going on, I the reason I think that this. Uh, you know, the petition from Justin Fields and never what, 240,000 signatures, soon to be 2040 plus one after uh, I sign it coming up here in a bit. Uh, I don't think it's going to be, a, I don't think it's going to be enough because it sounds like there are other agendas behind the scenes that are, you know, that are kind of really just steamrolling this decision. So I don't think this, the signatures are going to be enough. Do you think it's enough? 
No, I don't. And I, I think we're I think we're hoes. And, and I'm going to leave you with this. Our recruiting director out of his mouth told me today it will be virtually impossible to recruit kids from the South. Think about what I just said now. Because I don't know if you guys heard on uh, Paul Fine on ESPN. He, here's what's going to happen now. You're going to get, I don't know, let's just say Saban or, for instance, or Bam or anybody in the South, man, Texas. Uh, why would you want to go up there? Let's say, let's try to decide before, between uh, what's his name down at Texas and Ohio State. He, Tom and I would do the same thing. Yeah, Herman. Herman's going to be like, why would you want to go to Ohio State, man? Come here. We want to play. They're not even playing in 2020. You don't want to go there. They, they don't even care about football up there. It's going to kill us in recruiting with guys down. I, I don't mind. Kill us is strong. It's going to, I mean, I'm telling you what our director of recruiting told me today. It's going to be hard to recruit kids down south. You know what? I pray. You guys made so many kick-ass points. I'm going to say one more thing. When you guys both said it won't really matter in the end within a month because it's going to be, it's going to be, nobody's playing football. I pray to God. I pray to God nobody plays football. And I've never said I don't want to see football. I, because if there is football outside of the Big Ten, we are hit. And we're hit for a couple of years. All right. Good stuff. Thanks for the call, man. All right. Thanks. Go Bucks. Yeah, go Bucks. Now, listen, I think that uh, there's a better shot of A.J. Green playing in every regular season <laughs> game than there being college football this fall. I'm just throwing that out there. Goodness gracious. You just what? couldn't help it. You just couldn't help it, man. I, AJ, if, if you're listening, man, I rock with if, you. If I, had, yeah, if I had to put every dollar I own, I would put all $3 on AJ Green or uh, playing all every regular season game before one down of college football this fall. Dang, one Power down. football, of Power 5 football. Power 3 football. <laughs> Power right, three and a half, half with the Americans. <laughs> You know, but that caller earlier, um, who was it? Who do we we have another? Uh, who do we got? We got, Let, we got Nick right real, now. Real quick before we go to Nick. Nick, I'm going to get to you in 10 seconds. That caller still has me thinking from earlier. If Urban Meyer, oh, was, if Urban Meyer was the caller, or the caller, if Urban Meyer was the coach of Ohio State, if Urban Meyer was one of the coaches that was sitting in on those meetings with Kevin Warren, I truly, after that caller brought that up, it got me to thinking, I don't believe college football, I don't believe Big Ten football, the plug is pulled yet. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer's name... It carries too stay. much weight. It would get a stay. They would be trying their very best yeah. to just hold out as long as they possibly could. As much as I respect Ryan Day, I just don't believe he has done Not enough yet, yet to carry to to have that weight. I respect him. He's a fantastic coach. He just you look at the Big Ten coaches when you sit down at the table. If you're sitting down at one of those big conference meeting tables and you have Big Ten coaches lined up on both sides, the biggest name in the room is Harbaugh, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. The best coach in the room is Ryan Day. Okay, uh, that I, I wholeheartedly believe. But the biggest name brand is Jim Harbaugh. The best coach is Ryan Day. But that's not a very intimidating coaching room. Good coaches, good football mind, but the, you're not looking at them and saying, oh, the, this is the, the cream of the crop right here. You sit down in an SEC meeting room, and you have uh, you have national championship coaches all up and down. Mm-hmm. That, to me, like that to me right there carries weight in the decisions that are being made. I, I that that to me plays a huge role in this. Let's go to uh, Nick. Nick, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, what's up, Bob? Hey, hey. Hey, uh, I listened to his interview this morning Who, on, uh, uh, J- on uh, Zubin and uh, Keyshawn yeah. and Jay. Will, yep. Did you guys listen to that? Yeah, I he I was really impressed by him. Um, he had okay, the answers see, for everything. Not. I thought he did. You were you were not. You did not like it. I, I thought he did himself a disservice by going on there. It, it, it sounded to me... Well, you heard that Ryan Day didn't know. You heard that, right? Like, you heard him in that interview. He said that Ryan Day had no clue he was doing this. He's operating no, I just, independently. I guess I just don't 
Yeah, I know, but to and me, I, communication. I, I thought of it. I thought of it as like a kid's lemonade stand. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, you it's can't. Like, Vince, not hey, making any time, money, buddy. You know, like I felt like they asked some really poignant questions that I was really disappointed in his answers. Like, like they even asked him point blank, like, "Hey, we don't know the long term effects of this. You know, you could have scarring." This, Basically, this could impact the rest of your career. Do you really think that this season is that important? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, how can you say that? How can you go into a, an NFL team as a prospect and, and say, hey, I was willing to risk the rest of my career on this one season? You know what I mean? And no, that's the, a good like, point. And you, you're God. saying his career, but, I mean, the decision, I mean, Everybody's others career. around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mean, yeah, and, and to be one, that's self-centered, and it's just—it's like I could start a petition for opening bars after 10 p.m. and probably blow 240,000 signatures out of the water in a week, but it's not going to change anything. I mean, I, I understand it's—I see where your heart's at, but mm-hmm. I, I just—I felt like even that interview, like they just coddled him so much to where it's like it, it was—I don't know. I just don't see the point in it. I don't see why it's such a big deal. I don't think it's going to change anything. I don't think it's very well thought through. And I thought his interview today, he just did a disservice to me. I don't watch college football, but he didn't come off as, as a leader as much as some kid doing some project or something. I don't know. It just seemed not thought through. Um, I'll be perfectly honest. I didn't see his interview. I heard uh, small clips that they repeated on ESPN later on throughout the day. Um, I, I do believe, like, I get what you're saying about the petition and it, like, seems school projecty, but... You know, those are the things that, that happen nowadays. You know, um, those those are how mo- movements get started with mm-hmm. petitions. And, yeah. I mean, I get it. I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I, I, I can't debate you on that. I mean, there's, I mean there's, even if, if it works, what does that say about college football? Right. And that, and that's that's what I was saying, telling Justin earlier. Like, if Kevin Warren folds and says, all right, man, we got so much heat from the players and all these petitions coming from Justin Fields. He's got 200K signing up for it. Let's open the football season. He'll never be able to make another tough decision ever again as the commissioner of the Big Ten because he'll lose all credibility. So he needs to stand on what he believes is the safety of the student athlete and the student uh, and protecting himself by not being sued uh, because that's what it's really about. He's trying to make sure these universities don't get sued as well as himself by putting them out there but you know if he backs out and doesn't stand firm he'll never be able to make a tough decision again i do believe like he still needs to come out and talk and speak and tell the student athletes the coaches the ad's and the parents of the student athletes why you can't just say uh, our medical professional said you have to give them exact reasons why and maybe if you give exact reasons why then maybe people will understand where you're coming from but this whole going on Big Ten Network and not answering any questions, just saying, well, you know, well, you know, just him and the horn, that's not going right. to get it done. I mean, is there any financial benefits of not having a season? No, and, and, but that, that's where I'm torn on, it, like, that's where I'm torn on, like, for everyone that's ripping Kevin Warren. Whatever the reason was for pulling the plug, and again, we don't know because he's not being transparent at all, it's one of those where it had to be a good enough right. reason to warrant losing all that money. Because I on your first year on, on the your job. first year on the job like that, yeah. I'm not defending him by any means, folks. However, Kevin Warren, there had to have been a justifiable enough reason for him to pull the plug on a chance to make money. Because if everyone else is still trying to make money and he's pulling the plug early, it's strange to me. That's all. There's something else going on behind the scenes we just don't know about yet. Transparency is key, and that's been the problem. 
So, all right, fellas, have a good night. Hey, you too. I uh, appreciate it. Four five seven nine four six four. Uh, as far as that's concerned, uh, but man, uh, good. So I appreciate everyone's input on that. That's an interesting point. I don't know if I see it the way he did, but I see how that could be viewed. Justin Fields might he is being viewed as by some critics as reckless by going on there because did Jay Williams asked him a very good question, saying, "Hey, I think it would be it's more reckless that he's not in communication with his head coach, Kirby Smart." <laughs> You just we'll wanted be, to set that up. We'll get back to your point in a moment. I wish we would have just ended it right then. That would have been excellent. Oh, Kirby, Kirby, Kirby. I'm thinking of you. What kinder words could be more meaningful at a time like this? At First Florist and Greenhouses, we know everyone is coping the best they can. And when hugs are not possible, a kind word or gesture can bring comfort and a smile. So today, make that phone call or send a heartfelt note to someone you care about. And if you'd like to send a fresh bouquet of flowers, we can help with that. We're First Florist and Greenhouses at 1306 Troy Street in Dayton, a local family-owned business since 1905. And we're thinking of you. We are back. It is the Justin Kinner Show live here on 1410 ESPN Radio. I'm Justin Kinner. He's Kev Nash. Back after a couple days off. Back to your Facebook reaction again. We are live on Facebook. Search the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook. Uh, like and follow that page as well as like the ESPN Dayton Facebook page. Um, if you like the station page or the show page, every day at 3 o'clock we are live. And uh, it's a very interactive show on Facebook. Everyone that comments in the comment section, of course, you are automatically entered into a draw. Again, a lot of passionate reaction today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Fields, a passionate appearance on, uh, uh, I almost said Golik and Wingo. Um, Keith Sean, Jay Will, and Zubin. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that or watch it this I morning. Didn't, I did. Uh, Keyshawn, man, I tell you what, again, I'm not just saying this because I have to upsell it because it's ESPN. I'm not going to lie to you. I had my doubts about the show. Uh, I, you know, I, there's still things that I'm sure that they're going to tweak on, but Keyshawn is, he's good. Keyshawn's good. Okay. I can li- I can literally listen to him tell stories forever. I'm a big Jay Will Jay Williams fan. Uh, Zubin's great. Me, you know, on Sports Center. I, I don't mm-hmm. think you know. I don't know much about Zubin. You don't know. People don't know Zubin. Yeah, you'll get to know him as this show goes on more and more. But it's a great morning show. It, you know, someone said oh, it's not Golik and Wingo. You're right. It's not Golik and Wingo. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not Golik. Of course, it's not Golik and Wingo. Uh, but nonetheless, I love the additions. Uh, the the new lineup. Uh, I got to listen to Greeny earlier today, 12 to 2. New ESPN Radio lineup, man. It's really, really good. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, they needed to hit some refreshes there in the middle, and they did that. I love Max Kellerman coming up right after Greeny. So every day you'll get two hours of Greeny starting at noon. Uh, you'll get an hour of Max Kellerman, but you are stuck with three hours of the Kid Man over here. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry about that. But ESPN needed this, and I think it's going to be a good thing. I'm excited about the new ESPN Radio lineup. Give it a shot. You know, when, when Mike and Mike started, People are saying the same things about Mike and Mike that people are saying about every new show. Oh, I don't know these guys. I don't like these guys. Mike and Mike worked out real well. Golik and Wingo worked out. They just had different directions and you know path, you know different career paths or whatever other projects that are being worked on. So keep in mind, it's a very good morning show. Tune in and hang out every Sunday or every weekday morning. I'm sorry, from six to ten a.m. Uh, Dan Lebetard show from ten to noon. Noon to two is of course uh, Greeny. And then you have an hour of the Max Kellerman show and three to six, the Justin Kinner show with Kev Nash. So a lot of reaction from the Justin Fields uh, interview that was on earlier this morning. Um, we'll pull audio from that. We'll, we'll dissect that. I, 
I view, and again, this is what makes sports talk and just opinion radio so fun anyway. Sometimes it can get ugly. There's a lot of ugly when you, people start sharing opinions because everyone has to be right. I have a habit of that too where I have to be right on everything. I'm trying to get better at that. Uh, and you make it easy with me always being right though. I'm just <laughs> letting you know. No, but uh, I viewed that interview differently this morning. I thought it was great leadership. But the, the last caller kind of changed, not changed my mind, made me view it in a different light. I guess it did. I could see why people thought it was a little reckless. Um, he admitted on national television that he had no communication with Ryan Day about this this movement. Uh, not really movement, I'm sorry, this uh, petition. Um, but I don't know if there's a, a bad side to that. I mean, what what is hurting with him not? I, I don't know. Uh, can you get in trouble? I mean, with this being said, can you open the door to improper benefits somehow, some way? I don't know if that makes sense. Like, you got to be still careful. You're still an athlete. Right. Like, that's the thing, too. If Justin Fields accepts money right now, well, what's it hurt? Because he has a lot. These athletes are getting a lot of sympathy. Right. A lot of, hey, you know, you're not playing this year. How about you get this, this? You know what I'm like? I again, I'm throwing a lot of random stuff out there that you know isn't going to stick at this point. But I'm just, it's a very weird transition right now. The reason I think that uh, Kevin Warren isn't saying anything is because he has nothing to say. And I'm not saying that's a. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not saying like, people are like, oh, we need transparency. We need a reason. Maybe there isn't one other than the simple fact of, yeah, I'm afraid to sign off on us playing during a pandemic. But but, but why, when you, know, you see the other conferences like the Pac-12, who you are aligned with, do a conference call and explain why, and then you have the SEC fair. Uh, rolling out their plan and the ACC coming up with a new plan. It's just like, well, where are you with your plan or where are you with your explanation? It just leaves you wondering. And that just goes back to everything we've been saying the whole time, man. Just be upfront, be honest, and be a leader. And that's something that Kevin Warren is not being right now. He's a full-fledged leader. You know, a, a true leader will explain this to the rest of the conference. And if the reports are true from Heather Dinich, yikes, that is very alarming. Well, we're blaming Kevin Warren here on a lot of this, but I got an interesting text, uh, a friend of mine, Tony. He says, the Big Ten commissioner pays attention to his bosses, which are the Big Ten president. Right. The SEC commissioner pays attention to his bosses, the SEC presidents. Are we mad at the wrong person? The presidents are who you should actually be pointing the finger to because it is the commissioners. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, Rob Manfred, and again, different, I get it, commissioners in pro sports, their job is to take the fall for the team owners. Like, the team owners say what they want, and basically, the you know what I mean? Yeah, the commissioner yeah, yeah, has, yeah. To, has to, it, yeah, work you work for them. It's, it's This is the same thing. The commissioner works for the school presidents, not the I mean, not the athletic directors. Of course, at the Ryan, of course, Ryan Day says hashtag we want to play. Right. Of course, the players say we hashtag we have to play. My favorite thing in all of this is when people say, and Stephen A. brought up a good point earlier today when he goes, he, he's, he goes, with all due respect to the players, he's tired of hearing football means a lot to us and we want to play. Oh, of course. That's like saying air means a lot to me. I really need it. Like, I really I enjoy breathing. Like, of course. Like, I don't know why you even have to tell. Of course you love football. You wouldn't play football if you didn't love it. I mean, you wouldn't have turned into a this elite level of an athlete if you didn't love it uh, to put all the work in. So, again, we're mad at the wrong people. The transparency issue, yes, but the presidents as a whole, the Big Ten presidents are the ones ultimately making these decisions most more so than Kevin Warren. And I just think there's drama between that. I think that there's no communication between the up top, mm-hmm. and it's coming from the drama behind the scenes. The presidents are ultimately putting the pressure on Kevin Warren, and Kevin Warren could be protecting the presidents. Is that what's going on here? I, I don't know, but also in that report from Heather Dennis, 
they said the Minnesota president didn't know about a vote. So, like, if he's working for the presidents, Minnesota's in the Big Ten, too. If they're saying they don't know about a vote and they didn't vote, what's going on? Well, maybe they screwed up. You know, one time in class, I didn't know we had homework last night. We didn't say, oh, that's a horrible teacher. Look, he didn't even know that he had homework. This bad communication on the teacher's part. You know what they say? Pay attention. Maybe the Minnesota president needs to pay attention. It's a cluster. It is. Uh, Charles Tackett on Facebook. Um, Charles Tackett says, I I agree with the caller a while back. If Urban Meyer is still coaching in the Big Ten, they do not cancel the season. Having Urban in the Big Ten would have been the key. Uh, Charles, thank you for that note. And, again, that goes back to one of the callers earlier bringing up a good point uh, about that. And, And I got to thinking about it more, you know. And the, uh, he, what the caller earlier brought up was that the SEC coaches had bigger names in their room than the Big Ten had in theirs. They, you know, they they had coaches that had some swing, they had some pull, they had uh, some clout, and the Big Ten doesn't have any of that. And before anyone gets offended, Ryan Day is a fantastic football coach, but he has no weight to his name right now. He doesn't have a, co- you know, he he doesn't have, a, you know, a national championship. You know, he doesn't have really anything to his resume right now. He's a fantastic coach, but he, you have to let his career breathe a little bit. No one had a voice in that coach's room either. Jim Harbaugh had the biggest name in that room, but he doesn't have a resume in college that was big enough to, to carry weight in a room with school presidents and, of course, with Kevin Warren. You look at the SEC, you have Nick Saban and a lot of other names who have won national championships. Uh, who, Jimbo, Jimbo Dan yeah. Mullen, you got Edward Jerome, go Tigers. Big Ed, and of course, Saban. You imagine that room. Coaches, what do you think, Nick Saban? Yeah, I think we should play. All right, Kirby, what do you think? I think we should play. Uh, Grego, you know? I think we should play. I said, you know, Ed, not Greg. Ed. Oh, I think we should play. Go Tigers. Hey, you think this virus is dangerous? Yes, I do. Go Tigers. It's a it's a dangerous virus, but it ain't going to get the Tigers. You know, uh, the virus is has never won a game against the Tigers. The Tigers are undefeated against uh, the COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. Go Tigers. 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 Had a little bit of Forrest Gump on there. Yeah, you know, life's like a box of chocolates. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Gluck on Facebook says Tom Brennan sucks. That came out of nowhere. What? I was just that was way out of left field. I was way out of line. I like Tom. I don't know what Tom even did. Nonetheless, uh, Tim Baker says, I love the Buckeye Vodka shirt. There you go. A lot of, I mean, a lot of, uh, lot of drinking to cope with all this. By the way, I shotgunned uh, a beer over the weekend and I cut my lip. See, I'm just not met out. I'm not, I'm not made out for that life anymore, man. I just drink out of a, just a can. Pour in a cup. Drink some water. I'm going to just drink a little water. How about that? Hour or not hour, final segment coming up next. I'm talking about the Marty Brenneman documentary. Speaking of Brenneman, Marty Brenneman has a documentary that comes out tonight. Be looking. We're going to discuss that next. Welcome you back on Jonization. Um, and keep in mind that this is a rift that not only has created some chaos internally, it led to both of those players being optioned down to that 60-player pool, their option site. Um, like, that that's a big deal. 
Uh, that, that that is a big deal. Those are two big names that could potentially be on the way out. You think of the Indians organization the last couple of years. They moved on from the likes of a Cordy Kluber and from a Trevor Bauer, of the which you know. Speaking of who, I'm sorry, the Reds have benefited greatly from. I mean, Trevor Bauer is one of the main cogs within this Reds rotation, one of the best in baseball. And uh, the fact that the Indians were so stacked pitching wise that they were able to lose a Cordy Kluber, that they were able to lose a Trevor Bauer, and still have guys like Clevenger and Plesac and others, um, that just speaks volumes. About the depth that pitching that that organization had, and a lot of those guys they developed. So um, it, it is kind of upsetting to see that the Indians are kind of you know folding from within. But selfish decisions have led to that, as far as that's concerned, and uh, it's unfortunate as far as that uh, is concerned as well. How about this, Mike Conley, former Buckeye? Uh, he leaves the Jazz to attend the birth of his son, uh, and that's uh, very interesting right now because the NBA playoffs have officially started. In fact, there's three NBA playoff games on today. Right now, Toronto leads Brooklyn 88-75 to in the third quarter. All the games, of course, uh, from the NBA bubble. No positive tests, by the way, again. Uh, the NHL put out a report earlier today that uh, them, you know, between them and the NBA right now, no positive tests uh, have come at all between both of those bubble scenarios. And uh, you got to think that the longer we go here with no positive tests within these bubble formats, it just, you, if you're Major League Baseball, even, and I got to give baseball credit, I think that they've pulled it off so far. It's unfortunate. You know, I, I was pumping my chest on Friday saying that, hey, you know what? You know, Major League Baseball, I give them an A plus for how they've handled the coronavirus, considering all the backlash that, the, you know, the, the, all the, you know, roadblocks that they had to face to start the year. And think about this. I understand, and we talked about this on Friday, I understand that there have been some hiccups along the way. You look at the Marlins outbreak, you look at the Cardinals outbreak, and then I, I preach that you take those two teams out of the equation, and overall everyone has responded very well to this. The tests have not been overwhelming. Then, of course, after the win on Friday night, the Cincinnati Reds, they have to shield Nick Senzel off the field, and I say that, Nick Senzel, we have no clue which player tested positive for the coronavirus. We have no idea if it was Nixon, Zell, or whoever, and I, I think that's irrelevant at the moment. I, I think the big question mark we have now is when will the Reds play next? They are scheduled to play the Royals tomorrow at Kansas City. I have still yet to come across a report to confirm whether or not that game is still on. That is something that we will probably find out more tomorrow. But the Reds have been impacted by the virus. Maybe not so much of real positive tests, like Matt Davidson was a false positive. Uh, Mike Moustakis and Nixon, Zell, they missed some games due to self-reporting some COVID-like symptoms, but they never tested positive for the virus. Joey Vod I woke up one morning, felt a little ill, and felt that some of the symptoms were COVID-related or you know COVID-like. Um, he tested negative. So the Reds have had some games missed from star players due to the COVID precautions, but still yet to have a positive test. Now, apparently, there, there has been a positive test over the weekend for one Reds player. Now, the confusion for me is, is that John Heyman has tweeted out on multiple occasions that all tests for the Reds on Saturday and Sunday have come back negative. Now, does he mean all tests? Does that mean all tests have come back negative to signify that the positive test on Friday was a false positive or from a Thursday test? That's where I'm confused as far as what's going on with Cincinnati. And you want to talk about the Big Ten and the lack of clarity and transparency? That's kind of where we're at with this. I'm not comparing that to that necessarily as far as severity goes, but there's no you know, transparency at all from the organization as far as what's going on. I would expect to have a game tomorrow if the if that news is true that all results were negative over the weekend. We'll see what tomorrow's test results bring to the table. 
um, as well. Kevin, I talked about this earlier, some of the injuries that are kind of going on around the NFL right now. A lot of teams are beginning some, you know, some of their first padded practices. Uh, and keep in mind, this uh, this was a tweet that came out from earlier this afternoon. James Rapine, who covers the Cincinnati Bengals for Sports Illustrated, tweeted out that A.J. Green appeared to have tweaked his left hamstring in his leg. He's been running back and forth on it, trying to get loose. He had a trainer come over to help him stretch. More reports came out after that, that of course he was helped off the field and he did not return to practice, that that was also a precautionary measure. Keep in mind that A.J. Green has missed 23 of his last 24 games out on the field. You look at the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb also uh, after a, I guess a very physical tackle along the sideline um, is reported that he left practice today uh, due to a concussion. So he's probably going to miss a few days. Uh, You know, we have COVID protocol and obviously concussion protocol. He's probably going to miss a few days of practice uh, as far as that's concerned. Teams are padding up. As we've talked about, September 10th is the very first NFL game. You have the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. And then, of course, on the 14th at NFL Sunday, um, you will, of course, get to experience week one of the NFL season. So we're all really excited about that. I know a lot of people are. Uh, I think the toughest thing for all of this is obviously being able to kick off the season. That's been the most difficult thing for everyone is to be able to get a season started. And I think that's what Major League Baseball experienced because once they got it going, you know, they've had some hiccups along the way, but they've been able to make adjustments. And I think the NFL is going to be the same thing. Can they get the season started? Once they do, I think they'll make the right adjustments as they go. Last but not least, as we close things out here on the Justin Kenner Show, uh, it's one of those things that excites me. On one of the Monday Night Football games, you're going to get to see Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler call an NFL game. Monday Night Football. The new Monday Night Football crew, Steve Levy, Louis Riddick, and Brian Greasy. That is the replacement for Booger McFarland and company. Keep that in mind. Folks, thank you so much. This has been the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. No Reds baseball tonight. doesn't take away from the opportunity that he no, has. No, he deserves the he opportunity. He deserves an opportunity, yes. but we're saying how he got to the opportunity. Yes. Those are the facts that also need to be spoken about. And now a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long Flo can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go. Oh, hi. Um, okay, guess we should talk about something. Kind of tough to be put on the spot. Not sure what to say. But I know what I'm definitely not talking about. Drivers who switch to Progressive to say big. Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. It's time for some straight talk. You know what covering your bases is in baseball, right? Making sure you have no holes in your defense. Well, that's the kind of coverage you get with Straight Talk Wireless. And you'll pay up to 50% less than big carriers and still use their same networks. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data and 2G. No contract, no mystery fees. Fully covering your bases for 50% less. Straight Talk Wireless, only at Walmart. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. Get the season started. Once they do, I think they'll make the right This is Sports Center. 
I'm Christine Lisi. Four games on ESPN-TV on this opening day of the NBA playoffs. An impressive start to the postseason. The Nuggets overcame 57 points by Donovan Mitchell. Beat the Jazz in overtime, 135-125. Jamal Murray with 36. Nikola Jokic had 29 for Denver. Raptors have five players in double figures, including Fred Van Vliet with 22. Toronto leading Brooklyn, 92-82 third quarter. As they get ready to take on the 76ers tonight, Coach Brad Stevens believes his Celtics are in a much better place than last year when they lost in the second round. Boston's got plenty of firepower. How far it goes this postseason depends on the play of its young core, explains ESPN's Doris Burke. They've got a wealth of talent. Hayward can go for 20. Four different guys on the perimeter can get to north of 20 points per game. They're dangerous offensively, but to me, it so much comes down to the play of Tatum and Brown, both elite on the offensive and defensive ends. Celtics Sixers tip off bottom of the hour ESPN TV. Stanley Cup playoffs. Lightning beat the Blue Jackets 2-1 to go up three games to one. Avalanche and Coyotes are scoreless in the opening period. NFL practices are underway across the league from Cam to Kyler, Lamar to Brady and Burrow to Tua. We'll tell you who's ready to shine in 2020. Tuesday, 6 Eastern, Keyshawn, Jay Will and Zubin, ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Gold Jr. Jr. and Janae Bumake here. Taking over 4 to 7 Eastern here on ESPN Radio. I'm really looking forward to everyone hearing our intro song. There's a beat drop and I always pause and hit that beat drop, beat drop, beat drop, beat drop, drop. Janae Bumake. The goal is to make sure you are energized on your way home. And Mike Golden Jr. Honestly, like people are going to be doing 100 on the highway. For anyone watching on ESPN News, I have to hold up my own broken microphone. It is Janae Angola Jr. here on ESPN Radio, ESPN News. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Penzo Performance Line. Mike Golick Jr., Janae Agwumake, hour number three here on the show. And Janae, you know what? Like, we're talking about being energy, right? Yes. We want to be everyone's shot of adrenaline on their ride home. We want to take everyone inside the locker room. You're still a current WNBA player. I'm a former college football player, so we got that. We want to take people down in the locker room every chance. Former college that we football get. star. Yes. Former. We do want to take you in the locker room and we want to keep your energy up. We do. And so to do all of that, we thought one Aguma K is good, two might be better. So joining us now on the Shell Penzoil performance line, you guys might know her as WNBA champion, what? former league MVP. Neka Agumake joining us here on the Shell Penzoil performance what? line. Most importantly, big sister of our very own Chanae. Neka, how are you? What? Hello. I'm Neka. doing well, thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I never cried. I'm going to cry. I was going to say, Chanae's father, Chanae and Neka's father, Pete, flew out to L.A. just to be with Chanae for their first show. We got tears here on Chanae and Golick Jr. So, Neka, you are the president of the WNBA. You are a big sister. And you, get to, you guys get to play each other. You guys are teammates on the L.A. Sparks. Obviously, Chanae is not inside the bubble. So, I, I got to ask you, any advice for going to work with your sister like you guys get to do now as teammates? You know what? Just make sure that you can get a word in. That's all. <laughs> that's all I got to say. We've been, but no, but, <laughs> but to be real though, like I just wanted to say, Chine, we're very proud of you. We know how much you work to get to this point. You're representing not just our family, but so many people out there that, um, you know, 
that maybe didn't think they could do something like this. And so it's just really great to be able to be on your first show. Oh, my gosh. NECA texted me during the break, and I was like, what? she basically was probably planning the surprise thing. Like, what is going on? Trying to act like she didn't know. Oh, my gosh. Thanks, NECA. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I missed, I was like, dang it, I missed you. <laughs> the, perfect, the perfect setup in all of this. We're talking to WNBA uh, PA president, NECA Agumake, with us, member of the L.A. Sparks inside the bubble right now. And, and NECA, obviously, we got you here to celebrate Chanae's first day, our first day here on the new show on Chanae and Golik Jr. But we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you some questions about life inside the bubble. And so you were so instrumental in putting this together. You and Chanae and so many with the Players Association worked so hard to make this a possibility. From what you've seen so far, how are you gauging the results of all that hard work inside the WNBA bubble? You know, um, if it's anyone that can tell you how hard it was to get to this point, it's definitely Chanae. Um, it's probably the hardest thing that I've had to do professionally, you know, being a part of orchestrating this. But I'm very grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be a part of the WNBA, um, a part of a league that not only displays some high performance on the court, but as you very well know, some very loud voices in our community, um, both nationally and globally. Um, and it's, it's just really nice to be kind of in a situation where you have all players in the same place. And uh, I'm just grateful to be a part of it. Um, and I'm grateful to be healthy and safe. And I continue to hope that for everybody in here. And I hope that you guys are enjoying watching us play and amplify our voices. NECA, I'm so mad at you because you know how much I love putting on makeup. And now I have to get a box of Nexus. <laughs> and I'm like patting my face. You know, my eyes get red. I can't believe you're here. I mean, this is just a great surprise. I'm, I have to give the, the, the reins to Golik Jr. because I'm in my feelings. <laughs> I was going to say, everyone watching on ESPN News is watching Sinead with the box of tissues. I never tissues. cry. I never. I always tell people I'm a thug. <laughs> Like, I never cry. <laughs> Those are thug tears. Don't anyone get this twisted right now. Chanae and Golik Jr. is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance right now. Very emotional. Uh, NECA coming on the show with us right now. Again, NECA Gwumake, member of the L.A. Sparks, WNBA champion, league MVP with us here on Chanae and Golik Jr. Uh, NECA, you mentioned, too, everything that you've gone through and everything you guys represent as voices for so many causes. We've heard everyone saying her name, talking so much about the social justice causes that were a big part going into the bubble. What's it mean to you guys to be at the forefront of so much of the change that we see in society? Oh, man, this is our M.O. You know, uh, you know as, a, as a player in the WNBA and, you know, as people who have followed us, this is what we do. And um, we represent what we do in how we play and how we are off the court. And so for us to be able to dedicate this season to say her name and to amplify our voices on causes that we've always spoken out about, is our movement has found its moment. And we're really hoping that we're inspiring, we're creating awareness, we're educating not just ourselves, but our communities as well. And, you know, we're leading, we're leading in ways that that can be so so much more impactful than just playing basketball and no question about that leading has always been clearly a part of who you guys are in all this but you've also been leading on the court your team's on a four-game winning streak right now you are actually returning to play inside the bubble so how has the adjustment been getting back on the court and trying to play hoops in this situation 
Um, I got to tell you, you know, I was probably ready to run a four by two than play basketball because <laughs> we were doing so much training at home. Um, my little sister, Erica, was training with me. Chanae and Olivia trained with me every once in a while. They said that our, my, what I was doing was a little too intense. Yeah. But it was really good to have a ball in my hand and come out here. And to be honest, you know, with everything going on in the world for me personally, basketball is certainly an outlet at this point, you know. It's less about the production and more about 